What up, what up, what up? The Real Coach JB here on the Coach JB Show, 6 to 8 a.m. on the Wake Up Call, plus the 1 to 4 p.m. daily for the Coach JB Show. Has a proud, proud, proud new sponsor, Roman. Make sure you check it out because it, when it comes to intimacy, we all want to feel confident. But for a lot of guys out there, erectile dysfunction gets in the way. This issue affects people differently, but is actually something that 52% of men will experience some form of during their life. So make sure you head on over to Roman. You know how when you're wearing that great outfit and everything just looks right and your confidence is soaring and you like the swag and you're feeling flashy, you can walk into a room knowing you're on a game and is on point. If you've been struggling with ED, Roman can give you that same feeling in the bedroom. Look, we all know that change doesn't happen without action. So whether you're looking for gains at the gym or better experience in the bedroom, there's never any shame and showing up for yourself and your health. So if you're dealing with erectile dysfunction, don't ignore the issue. Instead, face it head on with Roman. Proud new sponsor of the Coach AB Show, Roman offers a discreet process from start to finish. You can connect with licensed medical provider via Roman's convenient online visit. Prescription ED treatments are safe, effective, and the FDA approved and used by millions of men. Free two-day shipping. If you've been struggling with ED, Roman can help rebuild the confidence during sex. Head on over to ro.co slash coachjb today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's ro.co slash coachjb. ro.co slash coachjb. And head on over to Roman. Tell him Coach JB sent you. Proud new sponsor of the Coach JB Show. Appreciate you. Peace. What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB here on the Coach JB Show, both the Wake Up Morning Show and the Daily Show. The Coach JB Show has it all, short, fat, skinny, and tall, and I want to address everybody out there who wants to get back to skinny and tall. The Coach JB Show has a new proud sponsor, Fight Camp. Make sure you check it out. As the new year approaches, we're all thinking about our health and fitness routines. Are you looking for one of the most exhilarating and effective forms of home fitness? Look no further. Did you know that at-home boxing is one of the safest and most effective forms of exercise? Bet you didn't. Allow me to introduce you to Fight Camp. Interactive at-home boxing, Fight Camp brings the best workouts in the world into your home and makes it fun. Boxing is a real great workout. In fact, a lot of football players, including myself, use it to supplement their training. It keeps the mind sharp, the body strong, the workouts are quick and efficient. You can work it out at halftime or even before the game or after. What makes it different from traditional boxing workouts is that it has live punch counting stats that motivates you even, even harder. So without further ado, join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99, and they even offer some great financing options. So you can get started at the low, low, low of $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com slash Coach JB to learn more. That's fightcamp.com forward slash Coach JB. I appreciate you. Peace. What up, what up, what up, what up, man? Wake up, wake up, wake up. I appreciate you all. Got a big, big show today. This is now breaking news, the Coach JB show. 
No more wake up show. This is the show. There will be no more afternoon. I'm breaking the news right now. We'll still wake up every morning on this show, but it'll be the Coach JB show. And uh, we'll have guests on in the afternoon, but that will be privately recorded for members only at a uh, different deal altogether. We'll be showing that later on. But I just wanted to make that news, break that news. Uh, we are moving to the morning starting today. Um, we will have guests on in the afternoon that, that can only do the afternoon. And we will uh, show those videos and those interviews separately. But we will have the morning show starting today, right now, on this Coach JB show. Three-hour morning daily show. So we're bringing the heat every morning um, today. Matt will join me right out the gate, and we will break it down for two hours. Zach Smith will also be joining this morning show this morning. We'll break down all things football. And then starting tomorrow, Matt will join me every single day for the second hour um, of the show. The first hour, I'll fly solo. Matt will join me in the second hour. We'll have guests on in the third, or it'll just be me with the show. So that's kind of the new format. Um, we're going to get this thing going, though. It'll be the bombest best daily show in the morning on youtube and this will be a precursor to your day if you're on the west coast if you're on the east coast you could be driving around eating donuts looking like a bunch of fat fucks and you can listen to me all morning long while you drive around so i appreciate all the support hit the like button subscribe become a member and uh head on over to coachjbstore.com get you some Show's proud sponsor is Fight Camp. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. And Roman, R-O.C-O slash Coach J-B. Lots to discuss today. A lot of football this past weekend. A lot of college football. A lot of NFL. We're breaking down Monday Night Football game today. We're going to look at Matt's wonderful game uh, hype speech to Colorado to get them their first fucking victory, which I think me and Matt predicted right here on the show last week. And that's just what we do. And uh, short, fat, skinny, and tall, man, we do it all right here on the Coach AB Show. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member if you're not one. Like I said, it's the new morning show, Coach AB Show, going forward. Afternoons are done. We will have interviews, but we'll post them at a separate deal. So if you get the live interview guest on in the morning, so be it. If you don't, you'll get the afternoon show later on, but it will be members only. So. Just wanted to announce that, drop that in there. And without further ado, we'll see you in about 30 seconds, man. I'm excited to get the show going. I appreciate you. We already got 200 folks in here, man. Pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. The best show on fucking net. Appreciate you. See you in a second. Appreciate everybody joining in. Yeah, man, I like the afternoon show. It was good, man. I liked it and all that shit. But man, I, I got too much going, man. I gotta I gotta start handling my whiskey and cigars. And uh, and man, 30 hours a week on on doing radio, brother, or or shows is 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 too tough on me right now. So I gotta move it. I think the morning slot is the best slot. And uh 
We're going to make it the best show to start everyone's day there possibly is. So we're going to get that going, man. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, the morning show, RIP, rest in peace. Uh, but it is what it is, man. We're going to get that thing. Uh, we're going to make this the best show on YouTube. So appreciate you guys, man. Appreciate you following the journey, being on it. And, uh, hey, we'll make it the best show possible. Without further ado, let's get Matt in here. Matt, what up, man? Good morning. Victory Monday, baby. Victory Monday. Hey, let's go. Have a great, great day. day. Great day to have a great day. I got my slap hoodie, Matt. You don't know nothing about this right here, my I'll LA Dodgers. We got exchange. I'll send you some six zero gear. You send me some yeah. slap gear. My fucking Dodgers lost to the Padres. Yeah, out. How's that payroll? Dog, I fucking, I am, I am just blown away by the fucking fact that we continue to pay fucking dudes all this money. But before I heard we something, I heard something show, we gotta get the quote of the day going for you guys. Me and Matt, the Dodgers gotta, are a one-year dynasty. Fuck, dude, I, I don't understand that shit, man. Um, baseball, bro. Here it is on the bottom of the ticker. Quote of the day: Never allow waiting to become a habit. Take risk. Life is happening now. I don't know if you guys realize that. I think me, me and my, myself and Matt understand. I don't right. know if you understand. Life is fucking happening whether you wake up or not. So understand it. Never allow waiting to become a habit. Everybody puts off today what they – they always put off tomorrow what they could do today. My grandpa used to tell me that shit all the time, Matt. Fucking do it now. Why are you putting it off till tomorrow? And I never understood that shit until I became like – until I got hair on my nuts. And I was like, fuck, it makes sense. So Bruce, do it now. Like take live, risk. Live in the now. Risk. Like quit being a pussy. Um <laughs> like fuck, dude. Risk are like hey, inherent. Dog, if you don't risk things, you the might risk, well Matt. Your house. Hey Matt, did the reward outweigh the risk the other day when you fucking spoke to Colorado? You're fucking right. And look, it was risky going up there on Tuesday last week and telling an O and four team that or 0-5 team, whatever they were, 0-4, worst team in the country, quote-unquote, you know, can't get a win, they're going to go winless. It was risky going up there and telling them that they were going to fucking win and then getting on the show and you and I telling everybody they were to take the, you know, go on go on FanDuel, go on points back, go on DraftKings, whatever you do and fucking lay that money because Colorado's fucking winning this week. People were telling me I'm crazy, but I could see it on Tuesday. And the little dash of madness that I threw into that pot that Stanford was, that Coach Stanford was was uh, was was fucking making up there for that for that uh, that soup on Saturday for Cal, it worked, bro. And they were fucking hyped. Uh, it oh, looked wow. like a totally different football team. And look, man, you know this more than anybody, but coaching in college, yes, coaching in the NFL is important, but coaching in college and the message and the way you push those kids. It is so paramount, bro. It is uh, fucking yeah. paramount. And we're going to break down Matt. We're going to show Matt's video. If you guys haven't seen it, we're going to break that video down. We're going to let you see it for all those that have not seen the video last week while he was on our show driving to the University of Colorado. Later on in the show, we're going to break that whole thing down. Uh, right now, we're, we are in the pre-snap read portion of this show. Clap it up. We are going to read the coverage. We're going to fucking make sure that we understand what's happening up front. We're going to ID the mic and understand what the fuck hot's coming from, but not unlike Kyler Murray. So we're going to break this down. 
We got a quote of the day, obviously. Slapstick of the day still goes to Kimberly Martin. She's uh, She was on record on ESPN the other day, Matt, saying that fucking the Giants should tank at 4-1 and one because Daniel Jones ain't the guy and they need to get a quarterback. She literally he, said this on ESPN, dude. Now they're 5-1, and one, you fucking idiot. Now what do you he, think, Kimberly Martin? I mean, he may not be the guy, but he's the guy right now, and they are five and one, and they are fucking rolling. And they <laughs> they beat they beat a guy yesterday that everybody thinks is the future guy for a quarter of a billion dollars, two hundred fifty million, three hundred million. So Daniel Jones is up for contract too. Should he get that big of a bag? I mean, fuck. Hey, dog. We don't want to talk about that though. Hey, perception is reality, dog. We don't want to break down the fact. That Daniel Jones has no O-line, three head coaches, four OCs, and no wide receivers. We don't want to talk about that. We'll give look, credit look what to the hero. Look what happens when he gets coaching. That's what I told, that's what I told everybody before this year. I said, I think I think, I think I called it, but what do I know? Um, do you I, think I, a just, guy like Dayball could change Lamar Jackson? Fuck yeah. This is the thing. Well, you don't change Lamar Jackson. What you do is you it coach him. To him. Yeah, yes. Let me ask you this, Matt. We got all. We got so much. We got. We got perceptions, reality, and uh, in this pre-snap portion of this show, understanding that I broke down yesterday some game, some film. Daniel Jones walks up to the line of scrimmage. He point. He barks out 56-56, telling the O line who they have in protection. That basically tells everybody out here that's listening that don't understand why Daniel Jones told the O line 56-56. He's telling them that either they have them and I have everyone else. Or I have him and you have the regular scan. It depends on their, their coaching. We don't know that. Me and Matt won't be able to tell you that. All we can tell you is he's up there making calls. He's up there communicating. He's up there being a quarterback in the NFL. I have yet to see Lamar Jackson walk up to the fucking line of scrimmage and ID the Mike Backer, Matt. Not one he, time. He didn't do it at all yesterday at all. The entire game. And look. Here's Tyler Murray. I was just going to say, neither did Kyler Murray. And it's we're not just loading on these two. Everyone has to understand, and I'm pretty sure that I can read Coach JB pretty good on this one. We, we're discouraged by Lamar and Kyler because if they were to invest mentally and, and fix some of these little things that we're constantly harping on them about, they're fucking unstoppable forces of nature. Like, they could be the best players of their position that have ever played if they just figure out that you can't cover up a fucking bullet hole with a Band-Aid. So, I, look, bro, the the inability for Lamar to do simple things like that and the ability for Danny Dimes to get a coach like Brian Dable and for him to come in and it, it to happen this fast, holy shit, bro. It just it, it proves hey. to me, it proves what we always say. The, the relationship between coach and player is important, but... The ability for the player to actually pick up what the coach is putting down and for the coach to demand they do things right, not ask. I feel like there's a lot of asking quarterbacks to do certain things. Like they're asking Lamar to do something. They're asking Kyler to do something. They're asking Burrow to do something or Josh Allen or whatever. They're fucking telling. They are straight telling yeah. him what to do. And, and, and it, it, it seems to be working. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I love the chat when they say Giants got lucky again. And then uh, Aaron no Easy, Jones had under 200 yards and a debatable P.I. And and he wins the game. Listen, True. man, if my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. There is no such thing as lucky in the NFL. 
You either fucking get it done or you don't. Now, we can debate pass interferences and late hits and targeting all we fucking want. But the rules are the rules now. These soft fucking rules have changed the game. And you've had – dog, Troy Vincent was on ESPN yesterday. Did you see that? Charge. Yeah, I saw that shit. And he's sitting there telling everybody that the game has changed and this is what we have to accept. So, basically, this motherfucker played 15 years in the NFL in the black and blue era and has bought into either being, A, a suit, and that's his breadwinner and he can't go against it. That's or what B, it is. Because Hasselbeck got pissed off. You saw that, right? Yeah, Hasselbeck, Hasselbeck was like, getting mad as hell. Dog, I, like, I agree with him, though, Matt. Like, I agree with the, 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 the commentating the other day, too, um, when they talked about in the SC game. I forgot who was commentating, but he was pissed at the referee guy on the phone. He was like, no, Mike Pereira. He's like, I'm pissed because I was on my back as a player at quarterback for so many years. I wake up every day. And I'm sore. And now you're telling me that's a fucking late hit. No, it ain't. It wasn't a late hit for 40 years. Now it's a late hit? I they, mean. They've got to figure out what they're doing with this rule and with, with a lot of the, you know, tic-tac-y things that they've got going in the NFL right now for the simple fact that these rules are, like, directly affecting outcomes of games. More so, I feel, and I don't know this for sure analytically, but I feel like they're they're doing it more now than ever especially in the last 10 years. Uh, the rough in the passer shit is ridiculously terrible. I mean, it is awful. You even got quarterbacks now on national TV sitting back saying that the rule is terrible. I never thought I'd hear that from a quarterback ever. Um, I find this also extremely kind of, it's it's a red flag for me. And I'm a caveman. But when the, when the director, when a 15-year pro like Troy Vincent and what is his job title exactly? He's the he's what? the I think he's the player player personnel director for like the union, right? Yeah, he's the like union. He, he's high up there, is what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. second in charge. So you think maybe when you're going on ESPN, you can act like a dog and wear a suit? Why are you wearing a hoodie and everybody else? Like, I know we're wearing hoodies, but we're not the fucking director guy, and I'm not on ESPN talking about a very serious topic. Dog, like, Kimberly, Kimberly Martin is where's Jordan's. But well, I, I just want everybody to look the part. Like if you're gonna look, if you're gonna be professional, I need you to look professional. It's like every time I have a, a, a fucking quarterback that goes on a trip somewhere, right? I have this quarterback kid who constantly wears like wife beaters, and I'm like in his pictures, and I'm like, dog, put on a collared shirt. I at least look like you're going golfing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, look, every day is an interview, bro. Every day is an interview. Yes, I mean I don't want the I don't want the head coach and the quarterback coach looking at you and being like, "Why is my future quarterback guy in a in a wife beater looking like he just rolled out of bed?" Like you got to look the part. So it's a yeah. bad look from an optics standpoint yeah, when homeboy dresses in a fucking hoodie. Yeah, on national TV talking about this. I mean, come I'm on. At the, yeah, if I was if I was on a ESPN, I'd be in a suit, just like I've been before. I mean, this 100%, is one hundred percent. I'm not gonna bro. wear a fucking hoodie. But uh, maybe next time I'll rock a slap hoodie on fucking ESPN. But who knows? Now that I don't give a fuck, maybe I'll wear a slap hoodie on ESPN. Well, look, I'm not saying you got to wear a fucking tuxedo on the goddamn TV right. talking about football. But right. but at least wear a fucking uh, uh, a goddamn like, coat. Not, even Pat McAfee's badass. That motherfucking, that psychopath wears a yeah. uh, an A-shirt and a coat. And yeah, a big yeah. fucking belt no, buckle. No, I love it. 
A game so day now, he's kind of suited without a tie. When he says, I love how all the old whites get mad at me, so I wear the belt buckle, I'm like, Pat, you are my fucking spirit animal, bro. I love you. <laughs> hey, um, all you fucking old real whites. Quick, take a few minutes on each one of these deals. The Dodgers lost, biggest payroll. Pa- Padres have a large payroll as well. Uh, Dodgers, uh, Roberts, you know, I'm a Dodger fan. Roberts is oh is, is underachieved once again, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they got the Bad. they dominated the they dominated all year, Matt, in baseball. They had the best record by 20 games. They dominated the Padres for the last three years. And I just knew uh that this They're was a catch-up game. This was a catch-up yeah. conference win. Let me ask you something though. Well, I call them a one-year dynasty. Let, let me ask you this though. Um what I don't like is as me and you know in football. We hate to play a team three times in football because that's a possibility, right? We hate yep. it, right? New Orleans, New Orleans Saints were victims of the Bucks playing them three times the year they won the Super Bowl. They beat yeah, them twice. The Got to beat them another time in the playoffs. They lose. Um, I, I equate that to baseball. Why though has Major League Baseball not figured out a better formula? Why would the Dodgers, who won the division, have the best record? in baseball, have to sit out five days, A, as I get that, right? They're the, they're, the, they're the champs, so they get to sit out and have a bye. But why would they have to play their conference rival in Series 1 and not play the Phillies or the Braves and have those play the Padres? I just don't understand that. That is a huge thing, in my opinion, it's not fun to watch. We've already seen these two play 27 times this year. And that's, that's A. But B, it's a psyche thing too, Matt. Like, we don't want to play you no more, really. Like, whether you use it as an excuse or not, it's a real – it's real. Like, we don't want to fucking play this team no more. Like, like I'm just trying to figure out, like, how much more energy you think the Dodgers would have had going to play Philly or Atlanta round one compared to fucking their 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 rival. Well, look, baseball they add the wild card teams that this year was the first year that they've had first and second uh seeds or both buys and they played the three game wild card. It's a lot of time off after playing every day for 7 months. Um that's that said when you're the Dodgers and you're this loaded or you're the Yankees and you're this loaded, you've got all this money at your disposal. There's no salary cap. You have the opportunity to go out and load the fuck out of your team. And then if you fall short, I mean, that's backbreaking. That was terrible. And, you know, honestly, when you look at a team like Houston and they cheated and won the World Series. Beat the Dodgers. All they did was get a little light slap on the wrist. It's not like they took their title away from them or anything. So I look at that and I go, okay, baseball, my entire life, it's always being caught with their with their finger in the fucking cookie jar, right? Fingers in the sugar, hands in the cookie jar. They're always cheating. So looking at that, I would go, well, why shouldn't you cheat if you're in Major League Baseball? They're not going to do anything. They're not going to take your title away from you. They're not going to ostracize you that bad. I mean, what, you got to hear some booze when you go on the road or, or whatever? Like, who gives a shit? You know, yeah. Houston's, they won in 18 innings the last night, one to nothing. I mean, that, bro, that's got to be the most boring, lethargic shit you've ever seen in your fucking life. I can't, I can't watch that. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I like baseball. I like the purity of it. 
Uh, I like that it's an art form, but bro, you couldn't get me to watch a regular season baseball game to save my fucking life. No, I haven't. I haven't watched it at all. Uh, the Braves got knocked off by Bryce Harper and the Phillies. Uh, that was a shocker by some. Yeah. Uh, on the American side, um, who the fuck is that? Uh, who's Jack Easterby? I don't know. Uh, that just popped up for me too. See the offensive know, coordinator or something for Houston. Um, let me ask you this: the the American League side, man, the fucking the Houston and uh, Astro, it's Astros, Mariners, Yankees, Indians. Yeah, Houston and the Mariners have had some battles, man. But fucking Houston's just getting it done. They went to eighteen innings the other day, and fucking Yankees battled back yesterday to play the Guardians. I don't even I didn't even know they ha- that was a real thing. I was like, who the fuck is Guardians? I thought it was a fake team. Um, so the Mariners got beat. Uh, they're out. The Guardians Yankees play tonight, I think, to wrap that up. And uh, uh, curious, this guy Aaron Judge, who looks like fucking Tarzan, right? He's a freak. Uh, He's basically been getting fucking booed over the weekend uh, for a series. He was 0-7, five strikeouts. People don't understand, man. Big games bring out big-time players. And until you do it in October, like the Reggie Jacksons, like the fucking the, the greats in October have done, Jeters for all those years with the Yankees, um, you can't ever be considered the great. And that's why real pre- regular season don't mean nothing to me. That's why I'm not so quick on anointing guys like – Jet Allen and Lamar and all these great talents, dog, because you haven't done nothing yet, and you have to show me some things. So that's just where I'm at with that. Um, moving on to preseason, uh, we got about four minutes before Zach joins us. Um, I want to – Belichick ties George Hallis for the most wins of all time, um, giving you guys some news. Uh, Randall Cobb gets good news. He thought he broke something and he would be out for the year. It turned out just to be a high ankle sprain. So, so Aaron Rodgers will have, an, uh, at least he'll have his 42 year old receiver back next week. Um, <laughs> Cowboys plan a week seven comeback for Dak. Uh, the Cowboys lost for the first time last night, um, under the Cooper rush era. And, uh, the undefeated Eagles just puts a, uh, a stray hold on, on that division. Uh, but the giants are five and one. Um, let me ask you this, dog. There's 430 players on the injured reserve list in the NFL right now. Yeah. 430, and another 63 are listed as questionable. Wow. Is this more than usual? A, yes, it is. But also, I'm, I'm curious, Matt, um, until Zach gets in here, this could be a good debate. Um, I got a couple debates for you. Uh so 500 people, um, is it a result of being soft or is the NFL rule changes causing these injuries? There was 34 injuries alone yesterday. Um, or do we not understand the difference between injured and hurt? Or is it because of the rules and the lack of practice or the, or the manner that which we do practice in causing all this bullshit? Because I've never seen anything like it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, there's three different things to look at here. Number one, football is a thousand percent injury risk. I don't care how much you train. People are going to get fucking hurt. That's number one. Two, the lack of callus, the lack of practice, the lack of physicality in practice. That doesn't save people from getting hurt. I think that leads people to getting hurt. 
Because if you don't have any callus and there's your body and your mind is not prepared for what you're about to go through, you don't know the speed. So you're going at a, you're functioning at a different speed than the other guys are. You're getting fucking hurt, period. And then the third one is this mental side of it where the coach and, and Hackett here in Denver is a perfect example of, of the failings of this mindset. The coach is standing up there saying to everybody, this is really important. This isn't. Being physical in practice isn't important. You're a pro. You're a pro's pro. You can just figure that out. You should be able to just step in and be a warrior. That's what you get paid for. And I'm of the mindset that that's total bullshit, and you've got to coach it. And I don't care if you're in college, specifically in college. I, that's the way that Carl Durrell was thinking up in Boulder, and that got his ass fired quick. Keep talking. But at the college and the pros, in my personal opinion, you've got to be on everyone's ass about the details, the scrutiny about effort, constantly talking to them about what they should be doing and how to get it done rather than what they shouldn't be doing, you know, and then just focusing on all of that. There's the focus on the negativity part while not giving anyone the tools on how to fix it uh, is a massive problem in my opinion. So the injury thing it, is look, what's more frustrating about all the injury stuff in the NFL is the fact that so many teams have sat back and been like, Oh, well, we're not going to do anything in practice and we're not going to do anything to prepare for the football season retrospectively because we're afraid of getting hurt. And then point in case, everybody gets fucking hurt anyway. So what, I mean, come, what are we talking about? So yeah, I don't know. you, you got to pick one. You're either going to practice and we're going to get ready to play football or let's just wrap everybody in bubble wrap and fucking just do walkthroughs for the rest of our life and see how that goes. Yeah. Without further ado, man, we're we're still. This is uh this is our new Menace Monday formula format. So we're bringing in other than uh, Zach Smith joining us. Appreciate you, Zach, for joining us this morning. It's late on the East Coast. It's fucking what early. Up, Coach? Dog, what's up? <laughs> what up? Hey, uh, I got something deep to talk to you and Matt about, man. I got to get your take on this thing. First of all, let me ask you though. Uh, did you pick Tennessee or Alabama? I picked Tennessee. Did you? Yep. Man, I. Man, they got a they got job down the stretch, but Tennessee's for real, huh? I don't know if they're for real, but but they were kind of built to beat Bama just because they're and mm -hmm. Hooker in the past game. I think they might have the best receiving receiving group in the country. I mean, Ohio State fans will be livid to hear me say that, but but that that freshman was legit. I mean, and 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 I was actually most shocked. I was most impressed with Josh Heupel and his game plan and his his way to get mismatches and. I utterly shocked that Nick Saban allowed it to happen for four quarters without adjusting. I mean, getting that after that kid tortures you for three touchdowns, you think at some point you'd say, you know what? We don't want our nickel or safety on him. Like, let's get our fucking corner Kool-Aid or whatever the fuck his name is. Put Kool-Aid on him. He'll stop him. Right. Yeah, but doesn't he struggle? So great tempo? Don't don't Saban struggle versus tempo. Oh, yeah. He, he's always struggling. That's why Lane Kiffin puts up 500 yards on Alabama every year. Because, and with lesser athletes because they go tempo and 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 Heupel did a great job man he he had a hell of a plan they went tempo they did a bunch of bun bunches and stacks and ways to try to get get that kid on 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 safeties and nickels and boy did it fucking work what happened to Alabama where's Will Anderson I thought they were what yeah. what happened to this Alabama team where they get up by 14 points and stomp your guts out like it seems like Alabama's pretty vulnerable to me 
Oh, there's no doubt. And the secondary is just not as good as it has been. Um, yeah. It's just, just the reality of it. I mean, Saban's, Saban's always relied on having just NFL fucking starters at, at corner and safety and just said, all right, fuck it. We'll just play man. We can do all this other shit up front and we don't have to worry about the back end. I got them. Like, I got my guys back there. And this shit didn't work. <laughs> yeah, damn right it didn't work. <laughs> no, no, no. Can Tennessee fuck with Georgia? See, that, that's the thing. I mean, you you look at they're they're kind of built nicely to 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 play with Georgia too because Tennessee's biggest weakness is their pass defense. We saw that live and in fucking person that whatever they put up forty nine points on them. But Georgia's not even as good as Bama when it in, in the receiver room. Now they got the, the tight end groups fucking like freaky, like yeah, scary. So they they got to deal with that. That's a big problem to deal with. But other than that, Stetson Bennett is not Bryce Young. Those receivers at Georgia are not as good as, you know, Ja'Cory Brooks and some of the kids we watched who played really well. So I think they got a decent shot. That pass defense, man, it, it needs a lot of work, though. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, are you seeing uh, – we just were talking, man, 430 injured guys in the NFL right now. 34 got injured yesterday alone. 63 other ones are questionable. So over 530 cats uh, in, a, in, in the NFL. I would 53 times 32, what, what are we – how many guys is that? Like this half the league. Like, right. what are we doing? Are you seeing the same thing in, in college? No, because college, I mean, I mean, it's, well, one, college is allowed to practice, right? <laughs> they're allowed to hit. They're allowed to do those things. Well, they still got a 20-hour rule, I think, that's fucking them. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. They don't know. Ain't nobody follow the 20-hour rule. <laughs> yeah, no one follows that shit. <laughs> I, I heard of that. <laughs> I've heard of it. People What's talk the 20-hour rule? Right. Hey, that's everything that fucking the ESPN <laughs> thinks is uh, causing everything that's wrong. Yeah. But the NFL, the NFL reminds me of my son's seventh grade football team. Like, they, they never tackled, they never blocked, and then they went in the games and couldn't tackle and block, and the head coach would call me after, like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, well, fuck, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No shit. Uh, yeah, it's fucking crazy to me, man. Um, let me ask you this, man. I, I, is, I'm gonna ask you a few things. I want to go through a few get a few got college teams with you real quick. Yeah, is Syracuse for real? Fuck, I don't know. I mean, well, Orange. You keep you keep watching it like, all right, come on, like, come on. It, we it keep seeing this every week. To lose. Yeah, like you thought NC State, and I know NC State didn't have Devin Leary, but that's a veteran team. I mean, you you expected that to be at least a close one, but I mean. You know that that meme that's going around. Syracuse is fucking around right now, and we're about to find out when they play Clemson if they are for real. Yes. Well, you, you know damn well that that uh, they've circled that game. Like if we can oh, figure yeah. out a way to be five and one or six and zero oh when Clemson plays Syracuse, and they have a real opportunity. And look, this could be the the fucking kickoff game for Dino Babers and and what he's trying to build there with the Orange. So. Don't don't sleep on Syracuse, man. They play fucking hard, dude. So hey, Matt, yeah. this was this year to be fired, though. Yeah, they, they wanted him out. And he's he's yeah. this is, we were talking about this last week, but like getting rid of the coach of Wisconsin. Back in the day, they never would have fired him. They're just they're yeah. antsy. So yeah. th this is kind of why you stick with coaches at times, too, because they're trying to fucking build something, and you got to give them time to do that. Right. You know, with with all things in retrospect, if it's a fucking dumpster fire yeah. and you can see that coming, then you gotta you gotta make some moves. But if there's just like if there's just struggles associated with building and the team is playing hard and they're you know they're consistently getting better and the you know guys are showing up eager to go play, 
and there's that that momentum that you can feel. I mean, all three of us, you know, have been in these situations where you know I can just feel that this is a bad bad mojo as opposed to the you know the feeling on the other side of it where you know things are productive. Hey, Zach, I'll play a game with you. Legit or quit, all right? Tennessee, you got them as legit contenders for the final four. Yeah, legit. Legit. Alabama. Legit. Legit. Ole Miss. Legit. Yep, legit. Damn. Uh, UCLA. Legit. Yeah, right now. They got a big one this week, but I think they're legit. Who they got? Oregon. Oregon. Oh shit! Uh, USC loses to Utah. What do you? Where are you at with them? Mm. Defense, man. We've been saying it. Their defense is shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they're not legit anymore. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, that, that was. That's I great. Utah's, Utah's, now. Utah's good, but they're not. Some, nah. of the, some of the Utah teams we've seen the last couple of years that are just like salty, tough, and, and yeah, don't give me. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I think this Utah team is not the Utah team we've seen over the last three, four years. So I'm, I'm going to say USC is not legit. I agree. Um, and, and dog Lincoln Riley has a common denominator. He doesn't have defensive teams that have the mentality to win you a championship. I just, I'm just sorry. I'm just going to keep saying it. He can look pretty on offense all he wants, but you know, as I know, defense wins. Uh, Clemson, are they legit or not? Legit. I mean, they, they seem legit. Damn, DJ, DJ, we'll get to DJ in a second. Uh, Georgia, they're still undefeated, obviously. Um, and we know Ohio State. Is Michigan legit after beating yeah. Penn State like they did? Oh, yeah. They made yeah. Penn State's run. They made Penn State's defense look like a high school defense. I mean, they just pounded the ball down their throat. <laughs> and that's a defense that was pretty fucking good. Supposed to be. Yeah. Supposed to be. I mean, right. front seven tough, and, you know, yeah. James Franklin's got them working, and Michigan. And they were down at halftime, and they came out in the second half and just beat the shit out of Penn State. So, and like uh, legit in a physical way too. And yeah. then look, I, I got a couple of like, guys. Looks like old school ISO running down your throat. Um, well, they and that you know the way that that uh, the big house is set up. Both teams walk through the same yeah. locker room or a tunnel to get to the locker rooms. Yep. And there's always a fucking fight or some pop off right. right there. And Penn State tried to go pop off with them in the fucking in the hallway, and Michigan didn't take it none too nicely, and yep. came out in the second half and just beat the shit out of them. So I love seeing shit like that. That's what do I? Hey, what about TCU? They beat Oklahoma State. They came back from down, being down they're early. Legit, bro. They're legit. I like their cue. Um, yeah, they're until they lose, they're legit. Yeah, they're legit. Um. All right, I'm gonna talk some QBs. Bryce Young. Uh, I thought he played a gutty performance. I thought he had a hell of a oh. performance with with some type of injury. We still, I still see the arm strength. Like he's fluttering balls out there. Something is not right. But he still came out and threw for what four hundred or whatever he did. I thought he made oh gutty plays down the stretch to put him in a position to win. Um, you, you you still you still have him one two or three in the draft this year? Ah, uh, mm. possibly. I mean, see, here's here's my thing with Bryce. He's 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 one of the most one of the best football players in college football. But that that doesn't always matter. Tim Tebow was one of the best football players I've ever seen. That doesn't translate to the NFL, right? I don't know that that Bryce is a, a lottery pick quarterback. I think he's a first-rounder, maybe a late first-rounder. Now, the NFL tends to disagree with me, but the NFL tends to be wrong a lot, too. So, I, I, 
I mean, I thought that performance on on Saturday was unreal, and his fucking wideouts couldn't help him at all. I mean, they had four drops in the game, and the kid that transferred from uh, from Georgia, the oh, fuck, what's his name? Yeah. Um, Jermaine Burton. Yeah. Boy, I, I've had about enough watching him. Um, <laughs> I mean, he fucking this kid. This kid doesn't doesn't run doesn't never mind like the technical side of receivers, right? Like getting your depth, running good routes. The motherfucker half the time doesn't even give effort, and I'm shocked that he's even playing. For saving. Are you screaming at the TV? Right? Oh, Run your route! I'm like, bro, I'm hey, telling you. Bro, since you said that about Bryce, where's Hendon Hooker at? I, I feel the same thing about him. I think he's a great college quarterback. I think yeah. he's doing well this year. Uh, he balled out again against the Saban defense, which I think is his worst defense I've seen in probably five years at least. Uh, I, I don't think – I don't see him translating very well either, but he's a hell of a college player. What about you? Yeah. But but you you know how it is. These these college coaches aren't stupid. Like they they run offenses and schemes and they do things that fit the skill set, right? Like it's like Jackson Dart at Ole Miss and Hennon Hooker similarly. Like a lot of tempo. I, I think I ran the numbers this morning. I don't have it in front of me. I think seventy three percent of his passing attempts were in the middle of the field, whether it was deep, you know, intermediate, short. Wow. But it's just it's shit that's right in front of them. It's a lot of tempo uh, and it's great shit. But I mean, you can't do that in the NFL. You that, gotta, no, no, they'll, they'll eat them alive. Yeah, you got to make all the throws. That's why they're struggling. DJ, he's he's had a bounce back year from last year. I, I give the kid credit at least for having a lot of pressure on him from all the naysayers on Twitter, um, plus all of us doubting him, coaches and media. What do you think about DJ so far? DJ's still where I had him at after last year. I think he's extremely talented, and I don't think any of his deficiencies are his fault. I think their scheme is is elementary and i think their their receivers are are just okay i mean you look at what trevor lawrence did and some of some of the skill that he had i mean t higgins and, and guys like that they don't have those guys anymore and, and I, I mean i i think a lot of it has to do with when jeff scott left and went to usf i mean he was their ace recruiter and, and he brought in first round receivers left and right and they just haven't done that since now Dabo's trying to get like Dabo Sweeney 2.0, right? The guy, kid, the, the white kid that walked on at Alabama. Like, that's what he's trying to find. And, and every kid is Hunter Renfro to him. And it's like, I, I just don't see it. And, and when I watch their film, there's times I'm confused what the fuck they're trying to do in the past game. And so I give DJ a lot of credit because he makes he makes shit happen. But uh, yeah. All right, I'm going to play a game with you guys. Fired and hired or booted and boothed. That means you're going to be fired and go to the booth next year. Or you're going to be fired and rehired. Uh, Justin Wilcox, Cal, does he have a shot saving his job? Shit, I don't know. I don't think he gets fired. He'll keep his job. Um, your guy, Matt, Matt's, Mike, Mike Sanford, uh, does he have a shot to keep this job and be and get the interim tag taken off? Or is he somewhere else? Or is he staying as a position guy? Uh, I mean, shit, based on what I saw on Saturday and the turnaround in two weeks, if they can, they go to Corvallis this weekend, Buffs do, and then they have Arizona State at home. Those are winnable games, but they're also looking at CU like they're winnable. Totally different football team. He wins a couple more games. I think that they keep him as the head coach in Boulder. He he loses out, and they finish 1-11 and 11 or something. They, they're going to look to replace him, and maybe he stays on as the OC because he's doing yeoman's work right now. What, what that, that man has changed in two weeks, uh, it's – it's mind-boggling to me that Darrell didn't see it. But hats off to Sanford. He's got his shit together. Uh, Brian Harson. Brian Harson. Uh, is he out? He's done. done. Is he get rehired or is he in the booth? Shit, maybe back at Boise. Yeah, man. 
Looks like Avalos might be gone too. Yeah. They're bad too, huh? Uh, Scott Frost. <laughs> Listen, he, if Scott Frost is going to the Saban School of Rehab, that's where he's going. Yeah, dog. Like it's one of the, the Mississippi Teachers College for the Blind. Hey, does he <laughs> does he have Saban ties? No, but you don't need Saban ties. Shit, Butch Jones didn't know Saban from anybody. He's down there in the in the rehab program. You just got to be a big rehab. name. You just got to be a big name and fuck up really bad. If you do that, Saban will hire you. Well, and it'll work too. And they'll rehab up and they'll go to somewhere else. Show, then? <laughs> but, hey, I <laughs> fucked up my chances of going to the Saban rehab when I when I told people after I got fired that he offered me a job because he was in press conference like, "Why the fuck are they asking me about this guy that, that I didn't even hire?" <laughs> Uh, Neil Brown, West Virginia, fired, hired, or rebooted? I think he saved his job with that big win against Baylor. I mean, it's, as long as they can keep it up and, and go to a bowl game. Um, yeah, I, think, I think he's on the hot seat, but he's not done yet. All right, Mike Norvell, three in a row. <sighs> Was on the hot seat going into the season, I thought. he said. I, I hate to say it, but he's probably that, – that, that seat is cooking. Yeah, I agree. They're not they're not uh, very patient down there in Tallahassee. Matt Rule's been fired. They paid him 40 mil. I don't know if he can even go back into college. I don't know his contract financials, but he can probably either be in the booth or he's gonna say, I'm I'm thirsty and yearning for for a job. A, is there a job for him out there that you think he fits? B, uh, does he even does he just take a year off like Urban did? He takes a year off. I mean, that man's getting a nine hundred thousand dollar check the first of every month. <laughs> he 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 can chill. Nah. I mean, he could chill and just just wait for the right opportunity to to come about. And I think the right opportunity is is Penn State when they get sick of James Franklin. So you All think right, they will end up firing James Franklin and, and have? I, mean, I don't I don't know if they will this year. You know, if he just loses to Michigan and Ohio State and finishes ten and two, it's tough to hot fire a ten and two coach. But you know, sometimes, I mean, we we've seen it before where they just get impatient. Right. And especially if Penn State's sitting there like, well, we have the guy we want and he's available, right? That that in- increases the heat in your seat when, when they got the guy out there. It's a lot like when Urban was at Utah. Urban went went undefeated and, you know, Florida fired their Ron Zook and they were like, oh, they're going to go after him. Notre Dame was like, fuck Ty Willingham. Get out of here. We got this guy out here we really want. And they just threw him to the curb. Yeah. So speaking of Notre Dame, how about Marcus Freeman? They lose oh, to Stanford. Fuck. Bro, that that was that may have, have, have saved Shaw's job at Stanford, right. honestly. Freeman's I mean, got to be out uh, in, in Notre I Dame. Next, right? they, there's no one. way they're going to bring him back. Segue. Stays or goes? Um, Dino Babers. Does he stay Thanks. or is he such a hot commodity now after this year? Is he going somewhere bigger? No, he'll stay there. He stayed. Uh Willie Fritz, six and one, two lane. As he I think he's just I love Willie, he's a great dude. I think he's just too old for these commercial hires. I don't know if he'll get the job because of his age. Unfortunately, he's won two hundred football games in college football. He's a fucking winner everywhere he's been, but people won't do it. I don't know if they'll I think he'll stay, and I know I know for a fact he would take off because that's thing that, that's a hard place to get kids in. So he's doing a hell of a job, but uh, I don't know if anyone hires him. You guys think it's the same way? Yes. I mean, it completely it's, depends on where, yeah. but he he's really built something nice down there, at Tulane. Uh, the transfer guard and Keenan Ray went from Boulder down to Tulane, starting for him down there. Raves about the culture and the coaching and just. They're always in every game, and 
they're they're top five defensively in pretty much every category in the in college football right now. So looking at that from a bird's eye view, if you you could look at it kind of like a a coach bowl situation in Wyoming, but that's still group of five. So when you're looking at power five schools, do they do does a school want to take a chance on an older coach like that? I got a birdie in my ear uh, yesterday on the phone that. I'll break news. I won't say that's not breaking news because it hasn't happened, but I'll, I'll give you some insight. Uh, let me ask you this first. Lance Leopold, does he stay or does he go? And if he goes to either Nebraska or Wisconsin, Willie Fritz, KU, mark my words. I can see I, that. If I was I Lance, see. I would stay in Lawrence and keep building it. I would too. I mean, because yes. they, they, I think they really have a chance, especially with the $300 million that they're getting for their football facilities. I would stay there and, and see what comes of it, in my opinion. And, and they're getting rid of Oklahoma, Texas here in two years, right? That's what I'm saying. Just, just ride it out. Kansas, Kansas the, become, could the become the power of the Big 12. <laughs> I thought, no shit. I was going to say that. Also, though, he is a Wisconsin, and so he, he, he's from that neck. So that's just something – Keep in mind, you know, people always want to go home. Mario Cristobal's of the world, Taggart's. People like to go back home. Uh, Urban, I mean, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm, I, where where does Urban fit, Coach? I mean, you you obviously know everything and anything there is to know about him. Is he <laughs> is he Lincoln bound? No, I, I don't think he take that job. Like he he's he said I don't know how many times in staff meetings. Like he's just. In, in casual conversation, like he'd look at at, at me or, or or any of our coaches and just be like, I could never fucking do that again. I could never go to a Utah or Nebraska or a place where you're like, we got to, I mean, really bust our ass for five years to, to just be relevant. Like he he's, he's only taking a job if it's, <clears throat> if it's built to compete right away. And that's why I don't think they can do it because of the buyout. I think A&M is the job that he'll just sit and wait for. Ooh. Really? Ooh. So you think Jimbo's on the hot seat, even with all that guaranteed bread? I don't know if he is this year, but but at the same time, you know how this shit works. I mean, they 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 can raise that money in in two months, and oh, I know either. it's a lot of money. People think I'm crazy for saying that. If they had a guarantee that Urban Meyer would come and take the job, they will fucking raise that money in a weekend. <laughs> Where do you think Jimbo would end up? Fucking on Earth, people don't realize how much oil money A and M has. They can go mm-hmm. turn the knob and get this money like this. All right, so so look, Nebraska being the program it is, do you think they stick with Mickey Joseph or are they a are they a second third tier coaching job place now? I mean, I think they are just on perspective or perspective. You know what I mean? Like you look at Nebraska and what they could do, not what they have done or what, what is built already, but the support they have in that state. I mean, it is a cult cult thing, Nebraska football in the state of Nebraska. Yeah. It's all they got. It's all they got. And the Cornhuskers. Yeah. And a fucking little league world series. That's all they have in the whole state. And it's like, you, you have to think that they could fundraise for NIL money like crazy. And if they can do that, anybody could compete. If you have the bank account for it, so I think Nebraska is a better job than people give it credit for, but they're not going to entertain the likes of Urban Meyer or people like that. It's just not going to happen. Let me ask you this. Please. Is Urban waiting for Freeman to fall on his face? Is that a job he, he retires at? Take Notre Dame? I mean, I could see it because just because he has ties there. He loved it there. He loved his time there. But at the same time, there's a reason why he picked Florida over Notre Dame 
back in 2005, right? It's because Notre Dame has all kinds of bullshit with the administration, the admissions, the, the father, whatever the fuck his name is, Father Schwarbuck or whatever it is. <laughs> these fucking, all these priests that walk around and run the, the university. It's a bitch there. Watch out for and, them. And I know a couple of guys that have coached there. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of shit with the politics there. And there's a reason why he chose Florida. He was like, I love Notre Dame, but I don't want to deal with that. And I want to win it all. And it's a lot harder to do it at Notre Dame than it is in the South. So I just um, think a and is just so perfect because one, he'll, he'll inherit like a, one of the most loaded rosters recruiting ranking wise in the oh, country they are, immediately. They are killing it. Recruiting, killing it. I don't get it either. I don't get it. Cause everyone I know, oh, money, every, bro. All, my, all my dealings with Jimbo and everyone that I know that's coached with him or for him or, or knows him is an absolute fucking tool and the players don't like them and it's crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, how are they keep getting these kids? I mean, their assistants are doing a hell of a job as you know, that's number one, but uh, man, it's, it's interesting to me. Deion Sanders. Um, I've heard from a few big time people over the weekend that he's ruined his shot at getting any type of big job because I guess he blasted some media dude. Um, some, some black media guy came in there and he basically embarrassed him. Like, man, be real, homie. Like, start over it. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but he basically showed him, him just embarrassing this fucking young, or not young, but this this media guy. And uh, people are like, dude, he's nobody's going to interview you at Georgia Tech when you're the head coach and you're going to do some shit like this. So they think that he's ruined his shot. Is he HBCU for life or is he done? I mean, I didn't see the video, but I can't imagine it would really hold him up from being a head coach somewhere else. If, unless yeah. it's a great Oh, you gotta watch the video. It's a bad I mean, look. is it really that bad? I think. Have you seen his act? No, I haven't seen it, but but you can't. I, I can't imagine that it would matter <clears throat> enough, I mean, there, right? There's some real douchebags that have head coaching jobs. Deion Sanders I mean, is clean. And we've seen some shit now. Hugh Freeze, what he did at Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. he, he got another shot. I mean, it, it's, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine schools want to win, especially a school like Georgia Tech. They're yeah. dying to just like hey, come back. By the way, by the way, I know it's his friend and I got people on the staff, dude. It was not a joke, uh, number one. And it was his friend. I know it's his friend, but that's the problem. That's it's why it's even worse. It was his boy and his boy is kind of pissed off, according to some former players of mine who coach on the staff. The, so, the guy doing the interview is friends with Dion. Yeah, it's his boy. It, it's his oh, well, friend. Well, it's a media guy at, at Jackson State. It's his boy. But apparently he did not know that he was going to do that shit. And you can see the cat swallowing and shit. Like, the motherfucker was, like, embarrassed, dog. It wasn't a well, joke that you do like that. I need, so, I need to see this video. See if yeah. we can get the video up and pop it up. And let's, let's yeah, I'm going to see if Matt can get find that, Get that, that reaction time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, Dion's known for fucking with people, so I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, all right, let me ask you guys something real quick. I want to get into something talking about Dion and his boy. Um, I got to ask you something. I hope you guys got your fucking life jackets on. It's about to fucking get deep, dog. Let me ask you something. I want to show this. I want to show this clip. Uh, obviously, shitbird. That's my guy. Zach's guy, right? Yep. How is he? He's, he's just like that right there. <laughs> I, I figured it. I, I I just, I can tell, dog. I can tell. I knew it. Why do I know? And I, I like the head coach talking to the assistant like, dog, relax. Fucking it's over. Because because at Zach, at this point right here, Zach, 
let me ask you something. You've been in that situation. We've all been in that situation. And, and I would do the same thing as a head coach because I like I would want you to hold me back because I'd be the one talking shit. But when, when the assistant's <laughs> doing it on my staff, I'd be like telling you and Matt, like, hey, dog, we're in a no win. You beat his ass, yeah. you're fired. And if you get your ass beat, you'll never coach again because of embarrassment on every kid in America you try to recruit. We'll see it. So <laughs> let me ask you, like, I, I like the head coach there telling the, telling the whiteout guy who played at Nebraska, by the way, who I know well. You know him probably, Zach. Uh He's a good dude. Like you have, you had Robbie. What's his, what's his deal? And, and is he just, is that a way to say I want out of here because of how bad this fucking organization is? Um, oh, but that he also hurt his chances on getting that proverbial bag. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like that. I mean, he's South Florida kid. I recruited him to temple and, and just kind of going back through his journey. Steve Adazio was the head coach at temple. Who's actually the O-line coach at A&M now. And he's a fucking like tough ass O-line coach dude, right? Like that's how he's that's his persona as a head coach. That's how he was as an assistant. And he 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 and Robbie didn't get along at all because you had to coach Robbie a little different. And I I actually only coached him for six months and then I left for Ohio State. But Matt Rule, who was at Temple when when Robbie flourished, because he he was not gonna flourish under Steve Adazio. You you couldn't coach him that way. Matt Rule kind of he didn't massage him. He it, it wasn't like he let him you know, be some cancerous kid. He just coached him a little different and the kid flourished and you go to the NFL. I mean, this kid, this kid was talking shit about the Panthers before they got Baker Mayfield. When, yes. when the rumors broke, Baker yes. Mayfield's going to come. He's on Twitter. I'm like, saying. fuck no, right. like, we don't want Baker. I don't hey, want Robbie, Baker. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So listen, my well, question is this, this is why I say it's going to get deep. Um, we see that shit right there. We see shit like this. Um, we see the Florida kid after the game. He don't even really play his jersey. His uniform looks clean. He's got a fucking, uh, fucking herringbone, like fucking wrist, uh, fucking. I mean, like, come on, dog. Wearing fucking jewelry at the game for dog. Let me let me ask you this though: Why do black coaches in this profession, as we've all seen, and and we have we have a million of our friends that are in this profession that are brothers? Why are they getting less respect? from their own from brothers themselves black players than the white coaches do in football like Robbie Anderson blows up on a black coach I don't see that happening to a Belichick or Saban or any of those type of cats and I I had a great conversation with with Marcellus Wiley about this shit last night and we were like dude it's a hood mentality versus a white collar persona and the fact that a lot of these kids that we recruit Zach and Matt come from inner city um they don't have a father figure and they look at the white cat to say, all right, you won't coddle me. And I actually want that. Whereas we know all the assistants in football right now at the, at the power five level, division one level are the brothers on the, on the staff who go get all the brothers. 90% of the co college football is played by black kids coached by white coaches. And I'm just curious as to you guys take on, are the brothers just more cause it's, they feel for them. They're, I'm trying to be your homie. Or is it the white cat that's just the persona of the kid coming into the program saying, all right, I won't talk back to that guy. But I don't get I, why you don't talk. Why will you talk back to, to a brother, though? I, I just I see it more and more and more. I, I think that there's a huge problem with people losing. Like, I, I feel like these kids don't understand the benefit of taking an L sometimes and learning from it mm -hmm. and, like, the ability to get benched and go over there and look at yourself in the mirror and say, what the fuck am I doing that's wrong? You know, that, that it, I don't understand this new era where the, co the players 
they they're like, hey, you you're gonna respect me, and I'm of the mindset, well, well, you earn that respect. You no, want me to respect you? I'm grown. I'm grown. It. Yeah, I'm grown. I'm grown. I'm a grown ass man. Be like, okay, then act like one. So <laughs> I I think that it's a huge problem with the ability to take an L and learn from it and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not as good as I think I am, but I'm damn sure not as bad. You know, there's so much can come from from losing and learning from it. And these days, man, it, it's everybody just sits around and says, well, I die for the game. I kill for it. This is all I care about. Well, the other side of the coin then needs to be polished as well. It can't just be uh, when we're winning, everything's great. But when we're losing, it's someone else's fault. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, th- I think getting to the, the, the difference in race – in my experience, I coach wideouts, so I—I I mean, I—I I actively try not to have white kids in my room. <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, we, we put—I used to have a sign on my on my fucking door: "No whites allowed in my room." <laughs> I mean, so it, it just—and in my experience, up. there's some good white receivers every now and then. Guys. There are, there are, but it's few, few and far between. I mean, but and True. I and, and honestly, like anyone that everyone that college, I though. Everyone that I took ended up stinking, so <laughs> they were awful. Um, but but getting back to that, I think you're, you're getting you're getting like you said deep in, in what's wrong with society and societal issues. Like the the reality is this: in in most black communities, there's an absence of a father. Right? That's that's more common than in any other race or 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 community. And so there's there's abandonment issues and trust issues with males in these kids' lives to begin with. And then on top of that, you deal with actual race issues or perceived race issues that go on between with, with white, white people and cops and all this other shit. They get into a college campus and it's like, all right, now my job as a coach is to build trust with them. Well, I have fucking 30 hurdles to get over where a black assistant coach has two, right? And so a lot of times they build trust with those kids better, faster, whatever, because of this you know, familiarity, I guess. And then they are able to talk to them different. But at the same time, that trust and that relationship makes the kid feel like, oh, I can talk to him a certain way too, right? As opposed to yelling at the principal, I'm yelling at my my dad, right? And and I won't get in trouble because he he cares about me. And I think that sometimes is the issue is, is one, they talk to him different. I mean, when I was at Florida with Charlie Strong, Percy Harvin choked the fuck out of his receiver coach. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Strong walked in the room and said, what the fuck are you doing? The kid stopped, turned around, like attentive, and was like looking at him. I'm like, damn. Like, you'll choke this guy. This guy said, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, you're like, disciplined. It's just wild. Nah, I agree. That's what I was – that's what, that's the thing I see, too, because I've, I've literally had these had kids come to me, like all my players, like, Coach, man, you saved my life because you you told me what it was and you yelled and you motherfucked me day one. And and what it is is, man, kids walk in. Great example, DJ Williams, uh, he's, uh, he's with the um, – He's with BYU now. He's coaching with Kalani. He's a GA, and uh, I got him the gig with with Kalani. And he's a great kid, man. A Tennessee kid, baller. Played at Utah State after me. He was undersized safety kid. That's why he probably went to Utah State. And uh, he goes there, balls two years in a row, uh, gets a couple looks, and didn't make it. Uh, Kalani grabs him as a GA. And his first day, he transferred in from Middle Tennessee or something like that to Indy. And we're taking roll, and my guy, and and, and all I hear is like call me DJ or some shit. And I just motherfuck him. Right. I don't know who the fuck these cats are yet. And he took it 
And the motherfucker ended up being one of my favorite kids, favorite players. He was like, Coach, because everyone allowed me to do and say what I wanted. Because he was a cat that knew. He understood. He was grown, more grown, mature kid. And uh, he said that shit. And then today, this, to this day, it'd probably be a Division One coach any day now. Uh, you know how it goes. And and it's like, it's like we don't tell these cats from the jump the real. We, we beg them and kiss their ass and tell them how good they are and sweet they look and fucking – and and that's the problem, and and people are scared to do it. I think the more coaches, if we did that shit, you'd see more results. But we're doing, we're not doing it, and, and now you're seeing it just spiral out of fucking control, like Robbie Anderson and all these things. Let me show you that Dion thing real quick. I want to get you guys' perspective on this video. Please, and just tell coach me Brian, what coach, how you feeling today? No, straight up. I always ask you, how you feel. You feeling. was not talking like that just two minutes ago. I Can you do the? interview can you come in like you normally sound i just want to be clear and concise and professional yes sir so being you is not professional well i mean i can't say it was a co i can't do that i ain't actually do that i just want you to be you okay yes sir all right let me start over right all right joining me is jackson state coach coach prime is that the, is that the same dog it's the same like just do the interview just be you just try your best to be you okay right. All right. I, I thought I was doing that. But anyway, um, oh I want to just ask you, you feeling okay? See, like, if I say, man, what's up, Rob J? That's me. Mm. What's up, Rob J? You, you know the difference? You, did answer. you see the difference? Uh -huh. That's what you do. <laughs> and I don't know who you're trying to please out there, but just I just you. want you to you're try your to best you, to be you. Okay. All right. How you feeling today? Much better. I feel good. I feel good. That's just Dion being an asshole. Yeah, You're right. That's just Dion being a dick. I mean, I don't know if that Man, keeps him from getting no, another oh, job. That's his boy and all that. I don't know if that keeps him from getting a job, but that's just him being a total prick bastard. Yeah. Like, that has nothing to do with the reporter. That's just Dion being a total dick. I agree. No I agree. I don't well, know. We all change how we talk, right? Like if I if I fuck like shit, I went to court one time. I got I got arrested. When I talk to the judge, I talk way different than I'm talking to you. <laughs> like way different. That's yeah, I don't I don't get on I don't get on like the radio where I can't say motherfucker and get on there and I'm like, what the fuck is going on, right. bitch? Wow! Right. But th that that's me. But I, I gotta like be politically correct, Matt, at that point, and like yeah. not say motherfucker eight times. I mean, Dion, dog, just bad luck, dog, bad luck. Yeah. Hey, Zach, before you get out of here, man, I appreciate you joining me on the on the morning. We're turning this show into the mornings now, so you'll be here every every Monday uh, for Minutes Mondays, um, and we get whatever time you can do it. But last thing on this deal right here, like, so apparently <laughs> the green star up there means friends only or some shit. Yeah, I don't know nothing man. about it. Um, but it doesn't matter really. The bottom line is, uh, is this is is this what college football has become? Just a, <laughs> a, a social fucking clout chase? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can, they, let's, let's look at who, who the fuck is it? Rashad Torrance, is that his name? Who the fuck is this guy? Uh I'm not sure who it is. No, no, no one would ever be talking about this cat unless he does this. No, Khalil Jackson, red shirt freshman from Hawthorne, Florida. Let's see. Didn't see any action in 2020. Redshirted. 2021 redshirt freshman. Played in two games against – played in two games. FAU. He made his college debut against FAU. Now, 2022, he's another redshirt freshman because he had a COVID year. 
He had a catch against Eastern Washington and made an appearance on special teams. The kid fucking stinks. That's the problem. He fucking stinks. Fuck this team. The team says, fuck you. They won't even play your ass because you stink. That's the problem. Kids, you never, I, I said this shit about, they did an Urban Meyer documentary at Florida. And you know who they interviewed? Every fucking kid that didn't play. The whole fucking documentary was every kid that didn't play. I'm like, where are the kids that played talking shit about Urban? Oh, that's right. They're not going to. You know why? Because the fucking life was great. Dog. Yep. How about Netflix? Yep. How about Netflix, Coach? Like, think about think about the guy, the people that hate are who? Like, it ain't motherfucking Jermaine getting sacks in the NFL right now. No. This, this kid is training to be a fucking fan right now. That's all he's yep. doing. If I'm Coach Napier, I'm cutting him right now immediately. Fucking the right fact now. that you're even on the fucking in the in the in the locker room on your phone, number one. I don't know how coaches deal with that shit. I would have a no phone policy. Like everybody, leave your fucking phone. Like put a, everybody's got to put them in the locker room when we get in the locker room or something. I'll give them back to you after the game. But like, I just don't trust you guys not to put dumb shit on social media. No, and then the, all these kids with their like emotional baggage that they bring to the game. Dog, just because your fucking fat girlfriend broke up with you or you got a D minus in the class that you slept through, it doesn't mean that you just get to take your emotional bullshit to Instagram. Right. Like it's Florida's fault that you you're a chump. So right. look, man, I, I, <laughs> the uh the inability to deal with adverse situations is unbelievable with this generation, bro. I yeah, don't it get it at all. Like I that's how you build men is overcome adversity. Yeah. I don't know how you're ever supposed to build any spine or backbone if we never overcome anything and everything's just fuck it, I quit. You know, it'd be it would have been real easy for CU last week to pack it in and go 0 and six and be like, fuck it, I quit, I'm out. Absolutely. But adverse adverse situations, you know, force them to look at themselves in the mirror. And I'd like to think that a positive message, regardless of how it how it's like given. I, the speech that I gave was, yeah, I curse. This is how I fucking speak. This is how I talk as a man. It, it, I didn't have one person out of all the feedback I got, not one motherfucking person was like, oh, man, I'm really pissed off that you said fuck so many times. No, no one cares. It's authentic. No. So, you know, the, the messaging behind all of this, <laughs> if I'm Billy Napier with this kid, it's like, what's really the fucking problem, son? Like, are you really mad at fuck this team or are you mad because you can't do little things right to earn the ability to get on the field? It's not like we sign you and then we owe you the opportunity to get on the field. No, you're you're on this team. The team is allowing you the opportunity to go change your life and be a fucking baller and be an All-American and leave a lineage at Florida and maybe go to the NFL. Without Florida, you, you, you want to know what – or without, without the university – in your life, you want to know what keeps happening at Florida? The wheels keep turning. We'll just yeah. find somebody else to wear your number, and we'll keep going quick. No doubt. And I, I used to when I, I never had a kid do something like this on social media because I'm with you. I, he, his ass be gone right away. Immediately. I, when, when kids would complain, like we let's say we'd lose a game or a kid would drop a ball, and and, and you know you have a kid that's not playing, and the, the biggest problem we have is these recruiting services because they they think they are something they're not when they come into college, oh. and so they get there, and then if you lose a game and they're not playing, they feel like they have this public image to uphold where they have to let people know, like, yeah, dog, these coaches are fucking me. Look at me. This. If I would have played, we'd have won. And I used to tell kids all the time, I'm like, listen. 
you you can think that all you want, but I want to win. So if this team wasn't good enough to win and you weren't good enough to play on the team, what's that say about you? Like, I want to win. If you were better than whoever, you'd be playing, but you're not. So the kid that lost the game is better than you. What's that make you? I agree with you. I mean, we got some fucked up shit out here, dog. I, I just don't – I don't understand this uh, – This. This. the allowance is my issue. Like, how long can we string this shit out? Like, why can't we just cut this motherfucker? Like, right away. Like, he should have been cut. I would have tweeted yeah, out. Tra- this transfer portal is ass now. Yeah. But I would have tweeted Now you can just say, look – we don't have a spot for you anymore. You, you've been portal. cut on national fucking TV or whatever on national on Twitter. Like I would have <laughs> tweeted that out. Like fuck you then. Like I don't get it, dog. I don't get it. What? Now let me ask you this, uh, Zach. You, I, I appreciate you coming on, Robbie. The league now, the marketplace has been set so high for receivers, and they got to get these stats. They got to have this whatever and i and i guess you could be a shit bird i mean deshaun watson just has his, had his 800th charge uh, or a claim against him so so let me ask you like is robbie hurting himself right here going to the next team now because of how he acted like ab or will someone take him anyway and i don't think here's he's that thing right anyway but but i mean is he a guy that's going to get get a new team well here's the problem right is is especially a guy like robbie and and, and robbie's not the smartest motherfucker alive let's just call it what it is he sees guys like A.B., Odell Beckham. He sees them act a certain way and thinks, I can do that shit too. And the problem is, Robbie's not near as good as A.B. or Odell. It's like you, it's like Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin acted a certain way, but they, that motherfucker was good. And that's why he got away with it. If he was half as talented or half as, half as good, he would have not gotten away with any of that shit that he did at Florida or what he did at Seattle. You said, you said a key thing, though. He looks up at A.B. Right. And... Think about all this young fucking youth football that the shit show this youth football organizations are looking up to Robbie. And oh, yeah. that's why you have these fucking problems. Well, well, hold on. Robbie didn't leave the field intentionally. The coach told him to leave, right? So well, yeah, AB left. First. He did a spectacle. Yeah, I get it. But but as the coach, though, also, yeah. because Robbie walks off and says, why am I off the field on third down if I'm the number one receiver or the number two? And the coach immediately reverts to get off the fucking field. That that's on the coach too, have Hell not yeah. having the ability to fucking handle an adverse situation as well. Like no doubt. He he caused that by he could have just been like, look, go sit down on the bench and I'll come over there. And they could have had a fucking argument and a fight about it. But instead, he created this by kicking him off the field. Like that. Nah, we're that, missing. In my we're opinion, missing, that's the coach like, we're, throwing we're, the, the player. That's on the me. That's on me right there. That's not the video that started it. No, the, the, it's he's coming off the field and he says something like, "Why am I coming off the field on third down?" And Wilkes freaks the fuck out on him. No, that the the the, the whiteout guy and him got into it previous, and it escalated to that video right there. So, All I'm saying is if you want to create an adverse situation yeah. as a coach and throw a guy under the bus, that's the way you do it. That's for sure. He could have eliminated this entire thing and made it a non-story right. if he just would have been like, just get off the field. Go sit down on the bench. We'll deal with this later. Instead yeah, of literally can... kicking him off the field in the middle of the game. Yeah, he, he, and now he... You and I know as well as I know, though. You guys both know as well as I know. This kid ain't going to go sit down on that bench and have no drama. He I wants... guarantee you he wanted Bro, how many, how many times have you actually seen a player 
not do what the coach tells them to do and have this happen. Now, I've never seen a player get kicked off the field and AB left, but name another circumstance where they are literally being kicked off the field by their coach and creating I, this I kind of turmoil. Vernon Davis, Vernon Davis. I mean, there's been some situations. I've seen a few. I've been there for a few, but yeah, I just, I've seen, he, I've here's my thing. So many arguments and confrontations where it, where it's just fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, hug, hug, and we move on, and it doesn't create the, yeah, the but cannon that, fodder for the media. We're missing a video that got into it where he told the kid to get up, get over here, and the guy, and he just kept getting in his face, and the whiteout coach went after him, was like, fuck you, I, I'm, I'm going to fuck you yeah, up. It's just bad in Carolina right now, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a culture issue, but my thing is, what was he pissed about? The kid wanted to be on the field, and he wants to win. Like, yeah, he might have mishandled it, but as a coach, you you can escalate that or de-escalate that. And he might have popped off, but you what do you got in Carolina? It's not like he's your wide receiver five and you got fucking just studs everywhere and you can tell him to fuck himself. Like, at some point, you, you kind of need that guy. He's He gets open sometimes. Like, yep. Let me ask you this, though. Is that head coach now, the interim, lobbying for a job and trying to change the culture just like Mike Bobby. Sanford of Colorado is doing right yeah, now? Like, he might be the guy setting the tone too, but I know we are in the man's league also. So well, I mean, it's, it's different. different with the NFL and college football and the situations are totally different, but it, it's Wilkes is a guy who's been an intern head coach in the past. You know, he, he knows he's not going to be there when they reshuffle the deck and they have new coaches in. So this also is an opportunity for, you know, Robbie played for rule at temple. That was his guy. Yep. Well, when rule's gone now, Coach Wilkes and whoever else in the building can really tell them how they feel about Robbie. So when Robbie says something, now Wilkes can be like, no, fuck you. You're a turd. I've been wanting to tell you the whole time yeah, you're a no turd. Doubt. And honestly, I don't even want you on my sideline. Leave. And I, I don't think it was handled by either side correctly. Uh, but as the coach, like, just telling a guy to leave the field, like, dog, we only have certain numbers on, on an NFL team. Right. Like, if we get a, a receiver go down, we're going to have fullbacks starting at the X. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> nah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, man, Zach, I appreciate you, dog. Who are you picking tonight? You got the Broncos and Russell Wilson and uh, and, 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 and and Matt's favorite team? Or do you have um, – <laughs> who do they even play? I don't even know. <laughs> Chargers. Oh, fuck. Chargers on a roll, dog. Bro, I'm taking the Chargers. That's... I gotta go with I gotta go with my boy that I picked before the season, dog. I gotta roll with Russ tonight, and he he gets the mojo off him. He, he lost he lost ten pounds. He got rid of fucking Ciara for the week. Tonight, <laughs> balling. So Ciara's not pegging him this week, so he's he's got a chance. Oh my god! That's it. That's it. Hey Zach, I appreciate you. Make sure you go over to Minnesota Sports today on YouTube. Watch Zach's show today, uh, noon on the East Coast. All oh, that visual is so, and futures in the background recording. <laughs> hey, how's uh, how's Brando doing, bro? Oh my God! Hey Zach, how's Brando? Who's Brando? Oh, oh my guy, Tim Brando. <laughs> He's hey, great, make sure man. you follow Zach. He does not like Jim Harbaugh. He hates Tim Brando. Oh, God, he yeah. his podcast, Minister Sports, and follow at Zach Smith on Twitter. Make sure you head on over there and follow, man. My main man, Zach, I appreciate you coming on, dog. I'll see you next week. Oh, appreciate you guys. All right, Later, coach. We'll see you. <laughs> you lost 10 times.
Hey, uh, Matt, we got a special guest joining us in about 10 minutes. Uh, it's a very, very uh, great story. We haven't got to half the show yet. And so I know if you got to go at 8, you got to go or at 9 your time. Uh, but he'll come on at 7.30. It'll be a good talk for me and you. Freddie Stevenson, if you don't know who that is, played at Florida State. Uh, he's kind of was homeless. He uh, He's kind of one that made it real big on social media. Uh, McDonald's kind of uh, – Gave him a like a basically a fucking way to live and front and uh, basically uh, helped him out and uh, he wrote a book and has a movie coming out called Trials to Triumph. Freddie Stevenson uh, played in the league for a minute, played fullback, I believe. He's going to be joining us in about ten minutes, and uh, we got some NFL to talk about and some other things. Are you out of here at nine? Uh, yeah. Do you got to leave uh, at nine? Yeah. All right. Um, Matt will be out of here at 9. So we'll, we'll get 30 minutes in with Freddie, and then, uh, and then Matt will get out. And uh, me and Matt, will we'll be back in four minutes. Me and Matt will talk about a few other things before Freddie joins us. So uh, let me go get a coffee, and uh, you guys can hear me talk about my top five tight ends. We'll be right back. So here's my top five fucking of all time. Tony Gonzalez is the premier tight end in my generation. Not only did we play against each other in high school, growing up together, his old his older brother was actually one of my JUCO tight ends. His name is Chris Gonzalez, by the way. Went to Huntington Beach High School, grew up right up the street. We played together in the we actually played each other in high school twice. Um, he also played basketball when I for his high school. We were obviously the number one team in the country in basketball. He was a great basketball player as well. Played at Cal Berkeley with Jason Kidd. Um, Tremaine folks, another good friend of mine. He was on that squad. Uh, Ed gray, another LA kid. That Cal team was great. I think they lost in the elite eight, uh, to Duke, I want to say, or North Carolina, but that, that Cal team was really good. Tony Gonzalez was a problem in college basketball. Could have played in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he would have ever had the same career. Obviously he would have just been a big bulky power forward in the, in, in the NBA, you know, he's six, six. Uh, probably could, you know, at that time. Um, but he was a great inline blocker. He was a great pass receiver and catcher. He always, and also was, uh, he did a lot of things that tight ends at that time were not willing to do. Um, but Tony was a all around tight end who holds most records and he played longer that's one of the reasons I cannot put Gronk in there. I do think Gronk is probably the most talented tight end to play the game, but I don't put him there because I think he's played 11 years. He's only 33 years old, and I don't think you can put him as the best already. I think he scored in three of his four Super Bowl victories. Um. But anyway, Ozzie Newsom is my number two tight end. Ozzie Newsom redefined the position. He is what the Antonio Gates of the world, the Shannon Sharps, all those guys became later. Ozzie Newsom, also a friend of mine who who was the player personnel of the Baltimore Ravens for a long time. A guy. All right, all right, all right, Matt, you good? Yeah. Our boy Freddie will join us in about five minutes. He's already in, so we'll get to him in a couple seconds. I appreciate him joining us, uh, Matt. Has Yo. Cooper Rush's time for the Cowboys ended? Um, yeah, I think it's last night was 
I mean, he did some good things, but the turnovers are the red flag that they're going to use to put Dak back in, and, and they should. Uh, I don't know if Dak is going to be some, like, grand improvement on what we saw or anything, but, it you know, they'll go back to Dak now and see what they can see, and Cooper will be a commodity at backup, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have to go to him again this year at some point to win some games because we know that Dak is injury-prone, unfortunately. That's not his fault. Um but it is true. So, you know, it is what it is. No, no, no doubt. Um, Last night, Philly Philly showed me something. Philly's pretty damn good. I mean, they're multiple on offense. They've got some dudes at the receiver positions. They can rotate backs through. Hurts is perfect for the system they're running. He can improve on a lot of shit, but he's perfect for what they're doing. Fletcher Cox and that defense is rolling. Um, I think the, it's going to be pretty tough to, to beat the Eagles if they end up getting home field advantage at the link. Nah, I I agree. I agree. Uh, I got that other Robbie. I got that other Robbie uh, video. I wanted to show you because I I fucked up and showed you the second video. There's a first video and yeah, uh, him arguing with the receiver coach. Yeah, right here. This was before. This was a few snaps before that other one yeah, though. Yeah. So this been escalating for a while. And by the way, I know the receiver coach, and he actually played Q at Nebraska. Uh, he'd have beat the fuck out of Robbie Anderson. What is that? What's what's the receiver's coach name? Joe Daly. Yep. Yeah, that's the quarterback that I destroyed when I was at CU when I was playing three technique. He wasn't very good. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But that's okay. I, I like it when Nebraska quarterbacks are shitty. We got to we got to show everybody that video from uh, the pump up speech I gave oh, the no, CU that's, boys. That's, that's right now. That's coming up. We're 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 headed over to the first and ten segment as uh, we bring in on Freddie here in, in about three minutes. Uh, we, me and Matt last week on Tuesday, Matt was driving to Boulder. We were talking about Colorado and it's, and it's, and it's horrible state and the rebuild Mike Sanford is the interim head coach. Matt went down there, did a, uh, basically a guest coach appearance, kind of an evaluation and helping out his buddy Sanford, the head coach right now and did a hype up speech. And for all you that did not hear it, uh, you'll get a chance to talk about, uh, you'll get a chance to see Matt in action and, I think direct correlation on why Colorado got their first victory of the year. Take a listen. Okay, so this is what nine on seven is all about. Give it up for a former buff and a guy who loves you guys. All right, man. Look, this is the best fucking period in practice, hands down. All right, this is when you get to beat the shit out of your best friend. All right, so this should be the most competitive period every single day, especially on a Tuesday. Defense. Chase the fucking football. Second man in tackles the ball. Offense, finish every block. Put the man on the ground and let him know. Push him down when you get up. As a lot of you know, the guys who work with me, I do a ton of recruiting and talk to coaches all over the country. Usually, as a businessman, I try and keep what coaches tell me, okay, off the track. I don't really, you know, talk to you about what they say, yada, 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 right? I'm Cal's coming in here, right, on fucking Saturday, and we're going to lock the motherfucking gates on him. Yeah. All right? He said to me, oh, yeah, they're really struggling. We got a chance to get everybody on the flight in the game Saturday. So as a fucking man, the past is the past. It's over. Learn from it. I'm not here to preach to you about the greatness and shit. This place is special or you wouldn't fucking be here. You're the future. You're the foundation that's built on. The change starts now in this fucking period.
Hold on, let me pause it. I don't know why. Well, so it, on Twitter, it goes, you just have to play the next video because you can only do two minutes and 20 seconds on Twitter. Berkeley walk in here on Saturday, locked Perfect. the fuck up and drunk through the mud. I, and spine. And it's on you. I challenge all of you right now. Are you a like football guy or are you a fucking need football guy? Do you really need this shit? Do you fucking breathe it every day or are you just here for fucking free school? You gotta earn this motherfucking scholarship at CU. With your effort every fucking day you walk out here. If you consider yourself a leader on this team, act like it every day. Show up and set the example, chase the football. Be a mean, surly prick bastard. This is the only place you'll ever be able to do it. You got an opportunity to tell everybody in the fucking country on Saturday who the fuck we are. I'm telling you, they have no idea the buzzsaw they're walking into. All the shit you've had to eat for the last five weeks. All these people fucking, fucking putting dirt on your name. Sprout something out that motherfucker. You got seven motherfucking games to go to a bowl game. And anybody that don't believe it, the gate's right over there. Get your shit, walk the fuck out, we'll roll with those who want to go to war. So, hey, this sets, set the tone right motherfucking now. Play as hard as you can for the man next to you. Let's fucking go! Let's go, bring it up, bring it up! Yeah, sounds like some fucking JB shit right there. Love it, love it. Hey, congratulations, Colorado Buffs. Hey, that's the difference. Between, people don't realize, though, a guy that has investment in the school, even though he calls it what it is, they are a bad football team. You said at one point you might think they're the worst football team in college football. They are. That's and true. you came in there because you're invested in the university. You went there. You chose to go there. You wanted to sell them on. You chose to come here too. fucking man up now. Well, Coach Sanford – is a friend of mine, uh, and he understands that honesty is authentic. And everybody knows what the record is. Everybody knows that they've been shitty the first month and week of the season. But the reason they were bad is gone now. I'm mean, Carl Durrell left. He's gone. He got a $9 million buyout. And when he left and they fired him, no offense to Carl, this is just real shit, the entire tone completely changed overnight. The hype level went through the roof. Everybody is excited about being there. You know, if you, if you understand that the majority of the time, a college football team is a direct reflection of the coach, the head coach and his mannerisms and the way he thinks and acts. And if your coach is, is the wall and he doesn't say shit and he never, he never gets excited, he never gets angry, and he's literally just there because they needed to fill the void with somebody with experience – you know, the players can see it and they, they are, they directly you know, feed off of the energy either given or the energy taken. So he was an energy sucker. He would constantly be like sucking up the energy and he didn't even realize it. And I think that if you go up there and you show them how much you give a shit and you invest with them and you show them the road to go and you go, look, it's just like my facility. This is a bridge. It's not an escalator. I can't take you anywhere, but I can walk with you and we can accomplish anything if you'll do it with me. And it, the the parity between rosters and, and college football is not that drastic. Yes, there's elite players, but it's all about motivation and getting these guys to buy in and play for something bigger than themselves. And the team I saw Saturday, that 
I guarantee you they're a 500 football team if Sanford's coaching from day one. They, they're not as bad as they as they look on paper. And they're going to be a lot better moving hey, forward. Man. And I really hope that he's the head coach there moving forward. And you know, as I know, culture and energy will fucking get you a couple wins alone. So, a fucking man. Well, that's what you fall back on when shit gets hard. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, uh, me, me, Matt, we're going to make, we're going to, we're going to do an interview here with the great um, Freddie Stevenson. He's going to join us here. I got to, I want to show a little graphic on who he is for everybody out there that don't know. Trials to Triumph. Uh, I want to, it's a documentary coming out. I, I want to appreciate and, and, and thank uh, Freddie for joining us this morning, man. Uh, Freddie, I appreciate you joining us, brother. Uh, much love to you, man. This is my boy, Matt McChesney, played in the NFL about six years. I know you had What's a couple up, years ago. Um, how you doing? I'm good. How y'all doing? Good, good brother. Man. Good. I appreciate you joining us, man. When, when were you at Florida State? Um, 2013 through 2016, so I was part of the National Championship team. Okay, okay. Got you, got you. Yeah, my boy Travis My boy Travis Johnson play, is a Florida State alum, and then uh, my kid Jermaine Johnson just got drafted first round. He was our DN for you guys last year, uh, now with the Jets. Um, so, man, I, I broke everything down earlier for who you were and stuff. Kind of explain who you are, man, what you got going on, and, and kind of give us uh, trials and tribulation breakdown on, on everything since Florida State, what's happened since, and where you're going now. No doubt, yeah. So, I played at Florida State from 2013 through 2016, won a national championship, had an opportunity to play in the NFL, signed with Chicago Bears coming out of college, um, Got cut, you know, found myself trying to figure things out. My whole, as you know, my whole entire life was dedicated to, to football, so I didn't really know um, what my identity was outside of it. And coming up in the environment that I, I came up in, I, I found myself in a dark place going back to a lot of those, a lot of those things. Um, and it got dark for me. I was depressed, um, suicidal, not knowing who I was, felt, feeling like I didn't have a, a purpose. And at that point in my life, it was – it's crazy. My, my back got back, back against the wall and my, my life's on the line fighting for my life. And that's when I found my purpose. Um, it's crazy because during that process, I didn't really know what was next for me. And a mentor reached out to me, had me come speak, I realized I had a bigger purpose, wrote my book and went viral. It's a story from my book about how we had to share a cheeseburger. My, my mother, she's single at the time. My father's in prison. She's raising five kids on her own. We had to share a cheeseburger between me and four of my siblings. And my mother, she sacrificed cutting into five slices. She only had a dollar to her name. And that story kind of took it viral, took my book viral. It went across the world. And ultimately, we get to this point where we're at today where some guys from Warner Brothers reach out and they say they want to do something on my, my story. Um, and we, we got it done. They told me they were trying to create a new platform and branch out from Warner Brothers. And we just released the film Thursday, October 6th. It got um, it has Maurice Bernard from General Hospital in it. Tony Gaskins, who's a celebrity life coach, has been on the Oprah Winfrey show, um, best-selling author, does a lot of big things in the world. Another guy, Devin Bro, that I believe at some point he's going to have a feature film. He played for the Saints in the NFL, has a crazy story. And I don't know how um, Disney Channel, Hulu, those guys missed him because his story is crazy. But I'm glad we got him. And we got some other people I'm introducing to the world. My pops, he changed his life around. Um, my mother, everybody loves her. And how she, she's the warrior. Like, you talk trials of triumph, it doesn't happen without her and all the sacrifice that she made. And then we're introducing some other people to the world that I believe going to make a major impact. 
Hey, man, congratulations to you, brother. Uh, much love to you, man, coming out of here. Uh, Matt, me and Matt have similar stories. We, we grew up uh, similar ways, man. And uh, people don't know, man. I tell people all the time, I said, uh, you know, all shapes, sizes, and colors, we're all fucking equal at the end of the day. And a lot of cats don't realize, too, stupidity comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors, too. And motherfuckers are always quick to point at someone for their color, creed, or race. And I'm like, dog, shut the fuck up. Sometimes you just got to understand that humans are humans, and we don't know how to call one a human sometimes. It's like, what are we doing, dog? There's more things to life out here, and, and people don't see your struggle every day. They don't see our struggle. They don't see your struggle. Nobody knew you came from nothing, made it, went back to nothing, and now you're about to make it again. And it's nothing. There's no greater story in America, in my opinion, than, than those type of stories. So kudos to you uh, for balling out and getting that thing done, man. I, and, and I and I have to ask Matt and yourself: Do you do you agree that football allowed you to make it this way? Yeah, without a doubt. If I didn't play ball, nobody would have cared about my story. That's just the reality of the situation. Nah, no doubt. That's where I was going with it, man. That's a, well, unfortunate. It, people don't understand that shit, man. And, it's and the, you, the beauty you, of you tough? Of being more than just a player, right? It, it's one thing I would ask is what advice would you give to the next generation when they have this problem? Because everybody, every every swinging dick, especially at a, a, a power five D1 like Florida State. I played at Colorado back in the day. Everybody in that room wants to go to the league and everybody thinks they're going to. And when it ends, man, it forces you to really look at yourself in the mirror and go, okay, well, who am I outside of this? And the, I, I started my own business. It's totally immersed around football and my expertise. You are telling your story that's immersed around football and your expertise. What, what, uh, what advice would you give to that next generation who's going to have this problem? The, especially now with social media and things of that nature where everybody's identity is super wrapped up in who they are on the field. What advice would you give these kids? Um, yeah, like, it don't matter if you're a person that go on to play 20 years in the league or you never get that opportunity. We all got to make that transition at some point. And a lot of us get, you know, wrapped, like you said, wrapped up into the identity, feeling like this is our ultimate purpose, but it's not. It's just a part of your story. Um, and I tell people all the time, man, they're like, man, how do I tell my story? I'm like, you've been telling it your whole life. The pain that you've been through, everything, all the circumstances, you've been telling it on the field or on the court. Now it's time for you to tell that story in a different way. And for me, it was a struggle because I didn't know how to tell it. But I truly believe a lot of the signs for what's truly meant for you are shown, shown to you along the way. Like when I was coming up, I remember being like eight years old going to a football camp and they had me leading guys that were like 15 years old. Like I'm calling out the others, everything. I'm like eight years old. I'm like, this is crazy. But I remember in high school, college, at every single level, people would tell me, Freddie, use your voice. Everybody listens to you. Like, when I said something, I didn't talk much. I was a lead by example guy. But when I talk, people, like, shut up and they got done. So even Jimbo at Florida State, he would get mad at me. My high school coach, they would get mad at me. Like, man, Freddie, when you talk, people listen for some reason. So it was shown to me my entire life, and it took for me to get to the darkest moments in my life for me to realize, like, yo, this has been here my whole entire life, and I've been listening. And I truly believe that's the case with, with a lot of us. I look back at a lot of moments. Like when I was in Chicago, um, I posted a video on Insta my Instagram yesterday. 
it was a play we had it was slow practice, didn't really have no energy at, at practice, and they just needed to pick me up, like somebody to do something to set the practice up. And I just remember Mark Sanchez threw me a pass in the flats. And at this point, they're like, we got to go live, like practice is down, we're going live. So I, I catch the flat, Kyle Fuller's over there, and for some reason, he st- he tried to stay up on me. And it didn't work out good for him. And that's oh, what So practice went crazy. And I remember Benny Cunningham coming over to me. He was like, man, like, at that moment, he was like, man, I know just from that play, you done been through something, man. He was like, I don't know what it is. He was like, but keep telling your story. And that just stuck in my head. Like, he always would tell me, keep telling your story. Keep telling your story. And that was another moment with, uh, you know, the rookie on um, the rookie thing. They made the rookies do all different type of crazy stuff. Hayes and so, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So bad, everybody on um, telling jokes, they getting booed, and I come up there and I say, "T Pain, buy your drink." But it was just like I never like talking in front of crowds, or anything. But in that moment, it was it was easy for me. Like I'm telling jokes, and then I get into the song, and like the whole the whole locker room is going crazy, like recording me. I wish I had the video, but the signs are shown to me the whole entire time, and I missed them. But I think that's the case for a lot of people. Just Ultimately, trying to paying attention along the way. I know we want to play twenty years or whatever the case may be. Um, everybody can't be Brady. You feel me? And even even with Brady, you see people like him are still going to struggle with that transition because your whole identity is wrapped up into it. So, hey, but it goes it goes to like being comfortable, being uncomfortable at the end of the day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Thanks. Nah, hey. So tell me the story, man, because Matt probably don't know much, and I, I don't know much. So how did McDonald's get involved? I find that very intriguing. So what's the McDonald's story? Yeah, so um, when I was when I was younger, we had the situation where we were, we were homeless, and my mother she takes us to the McDonald's and she splits the burger between me and my brothers and sisters. So last year I threw a back to school bash, and that that story that story kind of got out a bit. News um, news outlets are covering it. So McDonald's they sponsored my back to school bash, and this year I was just reaching out to them trying to get them to sponsor the film and. I knew that after a while, I mean, I'm going to have to make some noise before I get the corporate team back on board. So a local McDonald's in my area was like, man, listen, we feel like this is going to be huge. We want to get behind it. So they they did it. They've been doing some things for me, and that's that's ultimately how the McDonald's part happened. Okay, I got you. No nice. doubt. Hey, man, how was Thank it with the Natty? Was that the sweetest feeling ever? And, and does that drive you to this day as far as feeling that sweet victory uh taste of victory again is that what you strive for in life yeah yeah yeah. because people don't know um a few years before winning the natty i think it was my junior year in high school that was my freshman year in college um doctors told me i never play again I, I broke my leg broke my ankle had a crazy injury had to have two surgeries on they told me i never play again so to hold up that championship it's like yo i overcame all this i was you know i didn't have any offers at the time so while I'm getting all these offers by every school in the country, I'm in the bed for like four months. I couldn't get out of the bed. I couldn't walk. So the be there after doctors told me I never play again. That was special. So now to relive that after everybody thinks it's over for me after football ends, and to be walking out in something even bigger is dope. And you know it, it drives me. My whole entire life, people told me what I couldn't do. So I, I live to prove them wrong. Not to bring up you know negative things from the past, but. You know, anything that you've been through has molded you into the man you are now. I, I truly believe in that. And the trials, the triumph, you know, the, the book that you that you uh, wrote, I definitely need to get a copy of that and read it cover to cover. Um, I, I am a huge believer that the adversity you go through molds you. 
Uh, I've been through a ton of shit in my career and, and post and losing people and things of that nature. What puts you in that hole where, you know, you're thinking about, you know, the, the ultimate not wake up and as opposed to the man you are today where you can't wait to get out of bed. What, what's, what have been the two differences mentally with you? Yeah. Um, just getting to that point, it was just, I think along the lines, like you said, we're in the social media era. So not only do you get wrapped up into the identity, you get addicted to that notoriety that comes with playing the game. So once you're not playing no more and, and, and people ain't rocking with you, people don't turn their backs on you. People that you thought were, were really in your corner. Um, you feel worthless. You feel like you don't, there's no point in living anymore. So that's where it came from me. And then ultimately being in, back in the same environment that I grew up in, doing things that I told myself, like, I'm never doing this. I worked my whole entire life to get away from this. So now I'm feeling worthless. Like, I remember, it's crazy watching the film. Y'all check out the film. Like, I remember going and living out in the streets doing crazy things. And a dude I had a, a transaction with for like $10,000. And he looked at me. He was like, man. I seen you playing college, and you out here with us. And it's crazy. I didn't know him, but we, we did a deal based off a friend that I knew and trusted. And I, that just stuck with me. It's like, man, I did this. I went to college. I got a degree, and I came back to do this. Like, And that's when it kind of hit me. Like, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing out here. On, I feel worthless. And Oh, that's a lot. That's real shit right there. I've, I've been there a lot of times, dog. I've seen neither. Dog, you know what's even worse than that, man? At, when you're yourself. Just imagine you see someone you helped or coached in 10 or 15 years doing that. That's how I feel when I saw a former player of mine in the streets, cracked out, and he's walking up to, to me and my boy walking, and I'm like, I'm not going to say his name, but I'm like, what the fuck, boy? And I grabbed him, man, and I was like, what the fuck? He act like he don't even know. He didn't know nothing. Like, he didn't know he played for me. It was that bad, and I'm just like, dog, that's what made me the way I am because I was like, dog, Somewhere in the down the line, even though it may not be a direct correlation, but I feel I failed that kid. Like I, I feel like I failed the motherfucker some way or shape or form. And you know, then you have your other mentors you look to, and they're like, JB, you couldn't have did nothing about that, man. And then, but at the end of the day, as a man and a coach, Matt can attest. I'm sure if one of Matt's kids right now, he saw that. And one hundred percent. Here, it fucked with you because you're like, man, I should have touched that kid in another way, some type of way. Well, I, I had a, a coach tell me once that Jesus couldn't save everybody, so you can't get too upset when everybody, when you can't save everyone. All you can do is give as much as you can, and hopefully they hear the message. But at the same time, all three of us can attest to this. At your darkest hour, you've got to be open to the realization that you can change and that you want to. A lot of people, a lot of people wallow in the negativity and like it and they they play the victim role so the ability to look at yourself and go okay that's an, i'm not that guy i can learn from all of this and come out of it and be a, a source of inspiration and a light for people to see the change as opposed to another one of the stories of x player found dead blah 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 blah, blah. that i mean i don't know how many teammates you guys have lost to suicide and, and early death but i i don't have enough fingers or toes to count how many I have. So I've had I 11. I've had 11. I know because I always talk about it. I had 11. I've had 11 Terrible. that played with me, Matt, like actually played in Juco high school or college that played yep. with me, either been killed, either have been killed or uh, died in some type of way. My motorcycle crash, whatever, uh, poverty. I mean, you name it. So 
I've had 11, uh, and I've only I've had two players, former former players of mine, which uh, we always hate to see that, but um, two former players, and then uh, and I got one kid now that's in jail for life. Um, played for me back in the day in Compton, so we've all been there though, and that's just uh, that's why your story is so good, Freddie, to see people come out and, and get out of the. Uh, some you can still make it like cats don't understand that like you gotta have some tough skin on this thing and it's easy to give up man it's easy to give up i'm so glad to hear your story and perseverance because i talk about it all the time i'm like and, and and not to make light of, of of mental health or suicide or anything but at the end of the day i'm like dude you're leaving something behind if you were to do that right you're leaving behind family members loved ones whatever and i'm so glad that you persevered and 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 were stronger than than the uh than the thought, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no no doubt. I think a lot of people um we let a, a temporary moment of you know a pain make us forget that. Like it was a lot of things that I that I would left behind and just being able to live it out now. Like now I got a daughter um have another kid on the way. I got a family that love me. Now I get to see my pops thriving, you know, my mom finally getting to shine. Like thank about it gave up that and never, you know, had that opportunity to have their stories heard and then all the other people that are going to have their lives impacted by it. Like, I remember when I wrote the book and somebody reached out, like, this is the first time it happened. Now, the book's not really doing well. Somebody reached out, they're like, man, I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't watch sports. But I came across your book. The pandemic hit. I lost my job. My family turning on me. I was about to take my life today and I read your book and I couldn't stop reading it. And now I feel like I got to keep pushing. So, just to keep pushing forward, man. You just never know who, who you'll be able to help in your ultimate purpose. Like all of us, we all got different purposes, man. From the day we're born, you got something that I don't I don't got, y'all got something that I don't, I don't have. You feel me? So um that's ultimately what we gotta live out on a day-to-day basis. Like other people get caught up trying to prepare theirs. Like, I'm not finna be like The Rock, I'm not finna be like Tyler Perry. Like we all got different purposes. They not finna be afraid of Stevenson either. So you got ultimately gotta walk in what was made for you. For the day that you was born. No doubt. Hey, two football things real quick for the audience here. Uh, make sure you guys hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, Freddie's tickers on the bottom there. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you guys go get his book and his documentary. Go watch that. It's coming out. Uh, when's it drop? It dropped on Thursday, October 6th. So a few weeks ago it dropped. It's, okay. it's, on. it's on a network called SapphireNetwork.com. It's the first ever NFT streaming platform. So it's a dope, a dope film. I, I truly believe people may say it's biased. I, I'm a realist, though. I truly believe it's one of the most powerful films of the year. And when y'all sit down and watch it, y'all hit me up. I, promise I can't you, wait to watch it. I promise you, the book, the book, the book, nice. The book became a bestseller, made its way across the world. This a hundred times better, a thousand times better than the book. Hey, so man, much love to you. Uh, couple football questions: Is Jameis Winston really wild as fuck? A and B. Uh, why is Jimbo Fisher struggling right now? Is he a guy that you guys would run through a wall for, or is he just a guy that wants to call plays and just kind of chill and not really engage with you guys as much? Because I had Malik Henry there, obviously, and I know some things that people don't know. I'm, we don't need to get into all that, but at the same time, I've got coaches that's coached for the man and other things. Do you do you see his guys not buying in right now, and that's the struggle at A and M, or or do you see other things um yeah you know just with Jimbo I don't necessarily feel like he's a coach that you would run through a wall for nah that wasn't that was never the case for me I was you know I already had my own wife and I think a lot of guys that was the case as well but he you know he was a guy that you know you run through a wall for Odell though huh 
Odell from my, my city, so you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's just he knew, he knew his stuff on the field. He kept, kept, ultimately kept it business with Jimbo. Um, yeah. And I, I think um, Texas and them in general, man, they never really had success. So the, the move over there, I was like, man, that's, you know, I understand the, the business aspect, but they never had success before, so I don't know how it's going to work out. And now I just see, especially with the system, I think it's a system that works in the pros. That's why a lot of these guys go in the pros and they have success. But I don't I don't know if it's necessarily sustainable at this level of college football. You got to be able to put up points. That's not going to work unless you had a team like we had in 2013 that just was full of dogs that no matter what we ran, we was going to be successful. Nah, no doubt. Now, what about Jameis, dog? What's up with Jameis? Oh, now Jameis is chill. No, nah, he used to be wild. <laughs> but nah, Jameis is just um, I say this man, Jameis is a guy that's um, he misunderstood for the most part. He's so passionate, and in some of those moments, man, you know, it, it's kind of it get misunderstood. If you're a guy that's ever around him, he'd be like, "Dang, I thought he was just weird." Just seeing him on the internet, and then I met him, he way different than what the, the media portrays of him. But yeah, he he definitely um, I think a, a lot of us, man, a lot of us done did some crazy stuff growing up, um, and he. He, was, he just so happened to be a Heisman winning quarterback, so his got highlighted more than us. You know, we done did some wild stuff that he did, but um, he's matured, and I think he gets a bad rap in the media because of that. Is he a guy that can win in the NFL? Yeah, I, I believe so, without a doubt. My thing, I told somebody this on the podcast last week. Um, James, his thing, he's getting better with it, but he's so competitive. When you get into those games, later to the games, you got to still, still continue to let the game come to you. Like, I saw it against the when they played the Bucks a few weeks ago. He was taking what they gave him, everything. And then at the end, I think he got in his head, I gotta beat this team. Because the last time he got hurt. So this is the his opportunity to beat them. They let him go. And you know, it's still there in his head. He never got an opportunity to play a full game against them. So I think he was forcing plays that were that weren't there. And it's gonna be interesting to see when they play again because I know I know he may settle down and just let the game come to him. And I think it's gonna be a better game. Nah, no doubt, no doubt. So what's next, man? What's next for Freddie, man? What you got in the what you cooking in the fire? Another another deal? You gonna wait to see how this comes out and and how everyone sees it, or or, or do you have uh you already grinding right now for your next uh your next uh thing? Yeah, we're grinding this one, but ultimately right now we already working meeting with people. We're turning this thing into a doctor series. So the trials of trying Brandon started with me, but that's not where it's gonna finish. We're gonna tell a lot of different trials of trying stories all across the country and continue to push this message across the world. Shit, we should talk, dog. I'm, the way my career ended and everything, we should definitely have a conversation. No lie. I'm with yeah. you. No doubt. Yeah, that'd be a great one. You got to hear his story, too. We all have one, as you know, man, and I'm glad you got to share yours and everyone gets to hear it and see it. And uh, make sure you guys follow him on social media. Head on over and check it out. Uh, Trials to Triumph, the documentary, Unscripted Real Life Stories. Go check it out. Uh right there on sapphirenetwork.com. So go check it out. Uh, man, Freddie, I appreciate you, brother, and, and, I, and I can't thank you enough for joining us, man, and I can't uh, wait to see what's next with you, man. Dope-ass interview. Appreciate it. Like I always say, I, I know you've seen the tweet on Twitter, Stay 100. I love everything that y'all do. I've been watching for a minute from the Netflix days, man. Everybody try to get you, you know, tell you what you got to do to be successful, but just be, continue to be you, and I know you know that, but this most so for everybody that's watching, man. You don't have success. A lot of success continuing to be you. So that's why I'm a fan, man. Everybody told me what I couldn't do um, right. to be successful, and I'm walking in. You know, they say I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. 
hey, it don't matter. Like I said, we all got different purposes. So continue to be you. Hey, brother, be honest with you, yeah, man. The greatest thing in the world is doing something someone else said you could not do. Facts. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. Yes, well, Fred, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you at, at Struggle Made, and then uh, I'm at Six Zero Academy. So look for the follow, and we'll okay. connect. All right, all right, brother. Appreciate you. Later. Great interview. Great story. Great story, man. And that's the first time me and Matt got to to duel up on somebody. So that's a good thing uh, for us too. Growing up on this show, we're gonna make sure this is the best morning show in America, or the best show. Period. So make sure you guys all hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. A lot of guys in the chat were asking about that Savage hoodie. Um, we're going to have it on the website, CoachJBStore.com. We will have that up possibly Very today. Soon. So we'll have it up today on our site or tomorrow. Um, all we have to do is add that to our, 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 our laundry list of things to do. Now we also have more time in between days to make this show an even better one. So now I'm not rushing to do the afternoon show. So this is the show, three hours in the morning. Matt will join me for an hour every day. Today, it's two hours um, to let everyone know. But he'll be joining us in the second hour every day moving forward. We'll talk football, NFL, college, everything else. And we'll break that down every single day. And then uh, and then we'll have normal we'll have guests on. And then the afternoon show will be members only for interviews only. So you'll get a notification if I do have an interview. Other than that, we will not have the afternoon show uh, unless it's an interview only type of situation. So... Later on, I'll be on Jason Whitlock's show later on this afternoon. But this show goes from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. every single day. So, hey, Matt, I can't appreciate I can't thank you enough, man, getting you on two hours in the morning. And, and I know you're already up at fucking 3 a.m. And you got to grind the rest of the day and uh, go mold these boys and turn them into men. So I appreciate you for doing that. No problem, brother. Who are you taking tonight? Hey, we're going we're gonna to get, get this thing blown up, man. And like I said... Uh, follow Matt. You can get all his merch and his, his all his merch and everything will be on the uh, Coach JB store website right there at Six Zero Academy. Make sure you follow him on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, you'll be hearing more from Matt every single day. So I know you got to get to work. I appreciate you, dog, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Who are you taking tonight? I'm taking the Broncos, dog. Nice. I'm taking the Chargers. <laughs> Damn, tell the Broncos show me something. I'm 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 not I can't hey, we got They're a whole thing. Me. I still have an entire show that we didn't even touch on for tomorrow. So <laughs> I just want to break that down for you. So I just want to let you know that this is our first uh duo combo uh together. So we fucked it up today, but uh it's actually <laughs> it went well. But we have about we have the first and ten, this two-minute drill, and the three. Hey, we got two minutes. Hey, we got two minutes right now till eight o'clock. All two. right. Here Let's we go. go. I'm gonna go two minute drill real quick. We're gonna introduce. We're gonna introduce it kind of what we'll start doing for everybody out there. Uh, I want to introduce the two minute drill. Let me find if we got. We're gonna make a, a cold ass logo. But right now, for right now, we got the two minute drill. Brought to you by CanadaDipsCBD.com. All right, two minute drill. Here we go. I'm All gonna right, go. five things out. I'm gonna say them. I'll use a minute, Matt, and then I'll give you the same five that you get to hear me spit out, and you give me your one minute. This is a two-minute drill brought to you by Canada CBD. All right, here's number one. Here's the Monday's breakdown for these two teams tonight. Keys to the game. My keys, JB's keys to the game, I think is going to be time of possession. Denver needs to hold it. They need to convert on third down. They need to move the sticks and not turn the football over. Must-dos. 
Must do's is be sound in the fucking kicking game because I believe this game will be tight. And I believe the must do's are sound in the kicking game. Can't haves. JB's can't haves. You can't have a mediocre performance by Russell Wilson. It's got to be legit. He's got to have a fucking legitimate performance. He cannot have a mediocre performance. And JB's miscellaneous factors in tonight's game, um, the miscellaneous factors is going to be who is going to be the guy that we don't know who shows up. I think they're going to have to have somebody, either a back that we don't know, uh, similar to what a Lindsay used to bring Denver. Now he's in Indianapolis. Like, we need somebody, not we, but Denver has to have somebody of a miscellaneous uh, format to show up and say, all right, is it the tight end? Is it a wide out? Whoever it is, um, shit, if Russell plays any worse, it might be the fucking backup quarterback. All right, so <laughs> that's my minute. Who's your one-minute keys to the game for Matt McChesney? Uh, All right, shoot the first the one. Shoot, shoot the topics. Keys first to topic. the game. Keys to the game. So keys to the game for me is the Broncos' offensive line, the ability to block Mac. Uh, Bosa's still out, but the ability to block Mac and not double-team him with Bowles being out. So the offensive line against Chargers defensive line is a huge key. Uh, and then, you know, the, the consistency and play calling from Hackett is the second one. You know, he's a rookie head coach, and he looks like it. And hopefully, hopefully, with the Thursday to Monday break and, like, almost a bye week, he's learned something from that. What's two? All right, must-dos. Matt McChesney's must-dos. Must-dos. Must-do. Melvin Gordon must not fumble the fucking ball because Javante Williams is out and Melvin Gordon is routinely beating the Broncos with his turnovers and his mistakes. And it's been like this for years. The Chargers know what he is. They, he was a Charger for a long time. The reason he's not there anymore is because he can't stop fumbling the fucking ball. Um, honestly, when Melvin Gordon ran out a couple of years ago with double Don Joy knee braces on like he was an offensive lineman trying to play tailback, that should have told everybody what they need to know right there. But that that's the must-do. Do not turn right. over the fucking ball, Melvin Gordon. Matt McChesney's cannot halves. Uh, we cannot have pre-snap penalties, and we cannot have Russell Wilson looking like a rookie. Russell Wilson has looked like a fucking rookie. He doesn't know what he's doing. He can't read the defenses. His receivers and him are on the same page. Him and Hacken are on the same page. They look like a worse offense, and I didn't think that was possible. All right, Matt McChesney's miscellaneous factors in tonight's Monday Night Football game. Two-minute drill. Miscellaneous factor is, is Austin Eckler going to go for 200 total yards tonight? And look, he easily could. Out of the backfield and rushing, the Broncos' rush offense or rush defense on the road is atrocious. They went to Vegas a couple weeks ago, and Josh Jacobs put it on them. Uh, And Eckler's even better out of the backfield. So... You know, Herbert to Eckler is going to be huge, and I would not be surprised at all if Eckler goes for 200-plus tonight and a couple of touchdowns. Hey, that is the two-minute drill brought to you by CanadipCBD.com. Appreciate that. Uh, We're going to have a cold-ass graphic here shortly for that. Matt, I appreciate you, dog. We'll look forward to it tomorrow. See you tomorrow, y'all. Peace. Appreciate Matt joining us. I'm solo dolo, y'all, for the rest of this one. Um, We're going to get after it, man. We're going to get after it. Pound the like button, subscribe. Become a member. If you're not a member, you need to become one. We got a lot to discuss today. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Brought to you by FightCamp and RO.co slash CoachJB. Roman is a proud new sponsor, obviously, with FightCamp of the CoachJB Show. 
Um, head on over there, check it out, get you some new gear. Um, hey man, we got a lot to discuss. I got a lot to break down. Um, we're still in the first and ten segment of this show. Uh, I'm gonna give me a coffee, take a piss. Sponsorship brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. Head on over to Candidates, get you some cans. I'm in second place, dog. I need to finish first. We got a great last hour of the show brought to you by Candidates. I'm going to break down all things football, college, and pro from this past weekend. And I'm going to get into some very, very interesting topics. Uh, is Tom Brady have one foot in and one foot out? Hey, dog. He was at Kraft's wedding and, flow and flew separate private to the game yesterday is that something to be alarmed about we're gonna break it down here right here on coach ab show i'll be right back peace but what do i know when i talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is watering down college football but what do i know when i say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone have i not said it on this show did I not say it just a couple days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Nah. Really? So, Appalachian State goes into AM, a $40 million booster loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark, at at Appalach uh, Appalachian State makes 425k a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four-star player on their roster, FYI. One. Texas A&M has 56 four or five-star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. $425,000 the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes $1 million. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. Maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know what AM's quarterback coach makes? $325,000. Almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. But what do I know when I say it's watered down and Appalachian State deserves to not have themselves even mentioned with the Texas AM when it comes to going to their fucking house and beating them in a low scoring affair less than? When they just scored 61 points on North Carolina, another Power 5 team. So now Appalachian State can show that they can score 60 on you. In a all right, all right, all right, all right. Back in the building, like Hova said. Back in here. Um, appreciate all the love and support. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, let's get this thing going, man. Um, we got a lot to discuss. Uh, Um, I want to break down. I want to get into some things real fast. All right. Tom Brady, is he half stepping? Is he half stepping? Uh, by the way, poll question Who is the best team in the NFL right now? Um, I want to know. 
Drop it in your comments. I got to go NFL. I got to go the Eagles. Eagles got to be number one. They're undefeated, dog. They beat a good defensive team in Cowboys. Uh, Cooper Russ looked normal yesterday. But I think the Eagles defense is one of the best in the NFL. I think the Eagles are number one. I would put probably Buffalo at two now after that win and after winning a few in a row. Um, are the Giants a real contender? And are the Jets a real contender? All New York needs is the fucking Knicks to ball and the Yankees to win. And the New York is now the new L.A. L.A. winning the Dodgers won, the Lakers won, the Rams won, the Kings won. All in within a couple years, the New York market could be that same way. You got the Yankees, if they can pull out a win. You got the Giants and the Jets now. And if the Knicks can figure their shit out, Brooklyn's already looking like they're going to be a contender. Holy shit, New York's back. Are you guys back, New York? Poll question, who's the best team in the NFL? I think the Eagles got to be number one right now. That is my uh, take. That's who I would say uh, the Eagles are probably number one. Um, we're here on this Menace Monday. Appreciate everybody. Uh, hey, Joey B, Brian Dable, what I say? What do I know? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, dog. I'm the worst. I don't know shit. Oh, really? Did I not say Daniel Jones was going to do what he's doing? I think I did. I didn't say he was going to be the fucking MVP. I said he's going to have a great year for him, a comeback type of year. Brian Dable is going to win coach of the year, and the Giants would win seven games. Now I got to think they're going to win nine to ten. Now I got to think they're going to win nine to ten. And that just is what it is. I also said KU would win seven games. They struggled the last two after that quarterback got hurt. I think they would have beat TCU. They'd be undefeated right now. Oklahoma put it on them yesterday. Because, again, we're in this culture of we can't bounce back. And I just mentioned this last week. I said, don't let TCU beat you twice. Did I not say that? Oregon State, you allowed USC to beat you twice. SC beat you in a close game. You're all, oh, I feel sorry. And then you go to Utah and get fucking drubbed. Washington, UCLA beat you twice. UCLA beat the fuck out of you. You go and get your ass beat by Arizona State last week. You cannot let a team beat you twice. That is the generation that we have now. Our kids have no mental fortitude. We have no tough skin. We can't fucking put it behind us in 24 hours. We have a 24-hour rule. Can't put it behind us no more. And coaches are doing a shitty job at getting that through your kids' heads. You're a shitty coach if you can't get it through your head. So, um, Freddie Toll said 1,021 yards through six games. Hey, guess what? They're five and one. What's Lamar Jackson's record? <laughs> Does it fucking matter? See, all you motherfuckers think stats matter in the NFL and winning football games. No, sorry, it don't, dog. Stats don't win. Hey, ask Troy Aikman what his stats are. How has Patrick Mahomes already passed Troy Aikman's touchdown record through the same amount of games? How? How so? How so? If stats mattered so much, how, why does Troy Aikman have three Super Bowl rings and fucking Mahomes is trying to chase two? If stats was such a big fucking thing. And if stats was such a big thing, dog, why'd you pay Kyler Murray? <laughs> You fucking naysayers who have no resume behind your support blow my mind. You guys blow my mind on Twitter. 
Coach, you don't know. How's that tweet going? Or whatever the fuck you guys say. Dog, you guys are the biggest fucking bottom-feeding fanboys I've ever seen. Um, Belichick ties George Hallis for the most wins ever. Uh, I'm going to get into this Cooper Rush Dak thing, and I want to get into Bob Kraft's wedding. All right. Bob Kraft's wedding. Is that his name, Bob Kraft? Tom Kraft. What the fuck's his name? The owner of the New England Patriots. He marries, I don't know, looks like another weirdo. Looks like another weirdo fuck. Uh, So, dog, because I... Okay, Freddie Tolls, Freddie Trolls. Here's Freddie Trolls' take. Have I not been on here and said quarterback play is atrocious across the, the NFL? Have I not? So how am I a hypocrite? Have I not said the NFL quarterback play is the worst I've ever seen it? I've had fucking Michael Lombardi on the show, who I think knows more than you, Freddie Trolls. I think I've had a lot of NFL players on the show, NFL former NFL players. I'm going to have Achilles Smith and Willie Anderson on this week. Why have they all agreed to me that quarterback? How about Sean Salisbury? He don't know shit. How about fucking all these different people I've had on the show? How about Clint Storner? <laughs> Does he not know? So I think I said the quarterback play is atrocious. Nine quarterbacks threw for under 200 yards two weeks ago. They did it again this past week. What the fuck does that have to do with Daniel Jones playing better and the Giants winning? Fucking idiot. <laughs> God damn. What the fuck does that have to do with the fucking price of chi in China, motherfucker? No shit the NFL quarterback position is shitty. I've been saying it for how long? How long have I been saying the quarterback play is shitty? Did I not say? Did I say the Daniel Jones is going to be the fucking MVP of the NFL? No, I didn't. So, homie, go back and fact check before you start putting your foot in your motherfucking mouth. That's what you like to do on Twitter and on my chat and be troll. Change your name to fucking Freddy Trolls too, motherfucker. Tom Brady, half-stepping. There's a song out there called Half-Stepping. I believe that Tom Brady's half-stepping right now, dog. Because I want to ask you a question. Does he have one foot in and one foot out? Does he have one foot in and one foot out? I got to ask the real shit because he went to a Tom Craft, Bob Craft's wedding, Robert Craft. He goes to his wedding. He flies into the game solo on a private jet. And if I can recall, the knock on Russell Wilson is he flew alone too. He flew alone too. So, and didn't Urban Meyer fly alone and stay when he butt grabbed the girl and grabbed her puss? Didn't he stay alone and fly on his own? So listen, let me ask this question. Why does Tom Brady get a pass? Why does Tom Brady get a pass? Urban Meyer don't get a pass. Russell Wilson's a weirdo if he flies alone. But now, Tom Brady's flying alone. And I don't know if Matt can find the video. I should have had it up. Uh, I should have I asked him earlier. But Tom Brady was cussing out his O-line if you watched it yesterday. Tom Brady was getting in the O-line's ass, saying, you're better than this. Da, 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 da. So I'm curious 
Does Tom Brady's words mean less now that he did not travel with the team when he's motherfucking the O-line? It's a question, dog, because that's the real thing. If, if cats are going to take an ass ripping from your so-called leader, you better have a fucking point to it, and you better be worthy of that point, and you better have buy-in. Does Tom Brady, is his buy-in sold out? Has his buy-in sold out? And in this day, Aaron Easy, remember, dog, what era we're in right now. We're in an era where TCU just beat KU twice. We're in an era, dog, where Oregon State and Washington's season was upended by losing the week before. So understand, dog, we are in a soft, soft era. Florida State just lost three games in a row to Wake Forest. Three games, dog. Just understand, they lost three games in a row to Wake Forest. They didn't lose to Wake Forest, Clemson, and North Carolina State. They have not got over the Wake Forest loss. So that's the era we're in. Please understand, this is the era we are in. So Aaron Easy, is it Tom Brady? Or are these cats looking at him side-eyed, dog? Because now we're in a fucking... Robbie Anderson, dog, just walked off the fucking field. He just was told to get the fuck off the field because he's being a bitch-made cat. So, like, this is the era we're in. We're in a clout-chasing... Okay, you can talk about Deion Sanders and saying it's a joke and all this. Coach, this video Coach Prime, joke. Coach, how you feeling today? All this shit? No, straight up. Hey, dog, what you can't tell me on is that's not a clout chase. That's a fucking clout chase. All right, go ahead and tell me it's fake and that's his boy. I don't give a fuck. I got cats that are coaching there, but but what do I know? But But go ahead and tell me that ain't a clout chase regardless of what it is. If it's not a fake thing, it's a clout chase. If it's fake... It's a cloud chase. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So either way, he's doing it for something. If, if Guess what, dog? He wouldn't do it if he wasn't cloud chasing. So we're in an era right now that you can, I don't know if you can be one foot in and one foot out, even if you are Tom Brady, because you're going to get fucking booed out of the building by your guys because your peers are looking to get the bag now. And to get the bag... They have to have stats. So I don't know, dog. That's just my take. Um, that's how I look at it. Uh, moving on, I want to I get to this. Uh, first of all, I've talked about the 430 players on injured reserve. The number is astronomical to me. I, I, it blows my mind. Uh, we had 34 cats get injured yesterday. I think last year I talked about it. I talked about it last year. I talked about it last year about these cats. Uh, being unprepared professionals, meaning they are not professional. They're not fucking professional, dog. Professionals do not lack in taking care of their body. Professionals do not lack preparation. To me, 430 players on the injury reserve is a pandemic. It's an epidemic. It is a global issue. It is a societal issue. 430 NFL players are injured. Dog, get the fuck out of here. You don't think that is a fucking issue, Houston? 
Houston, we have a problem. You don't think that's a major concern? That ain't no fucking coincidence. That is lack of preparation. Video game, social media, phone era. Your cell phone era, dog. We want to be doing this more than getting out there and working our ass off. And then the whole J.J. Watt thing is a whole nother thing, dog. Carl Regal. That's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole scientific breakdown discussion as to how their training methods are failing them. The training methods are failing these cats too. Let me just make sure we're clear. The fucking training methods that these cats are going about their business using are failing them as well. We got these cats that are coming out on all these supplements and we're promoting these supplements. JJ Watt and Bosa and all these dudes taking these supplements. They are as stiff as a porn dick when it comes to muscle, muscle, muscular makeup. Biomechanically, they are stiff as porn dicks with all these supplements. I'm just throwing it out there, dog. I'm just telling you some real shit that you guys don't know about. All those supplements contract your muscles because the supplement that you take, you have to have almost 10 times amount of fucking water. And these cats don't drink that much water. And you're seeing these dudes' muscles fucking contracting every day. These big, thick defensive ends, these DO linemen, these stiff body cats. You don't see D tackles and O linemen pulling up like that because their bodies are not that constrictive. They're not taking all these fucking pills and these supplements, and you have to drink so much fucking water that they're not doing it, dog. They're not drinking enough to take all that shit. So get back to doing some dynamic warm-ups, some fucking get your ass going in some yoga, start your ass warming and cooling down properly, and you'll see less injuries. And how about get your ass in shape? We got more... I'm just watching the landscape of football, dog, college and professionally. Besides a few dudes, the body types, the body structures of these dudes are not the same as when I I played. I'm just keeping it real. Dog, we don't have, dog, Saquon Barkley is the only running back in the NFL that I look at where I see his, his physique. And his body structure, his legs, his, all this shit. And he's done a good job coming back to get healthy. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, he's the only one I see. I'm like, damn, okay, that motherfucker's an NFL dude. Derrick Henry's just naturally huge by genetics. But a lot of these dudes aren't, aren't, aren't really perfecting their body craft. And you're, I just don't see it, dog. DBs back in the day used to be fucking shredded. Wideouts used to look like T.O. A lot of guys you didn't think about. Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, Steve Smith. Dudes were yoked. Look at the receivers now in the NFL. You'll see some. You'll see A.J. Brown and a couple Julio Jones. Dog, there's not a lot of them out there that look the part. They do not look like they were when I played. And now you got shoulders. You got lat issues. You got hamstring, quad. You got more fucking issues than we've ever seen in football. Ever. So why do we have so many shoulder issues in the NFL and so many sprains, AC joint sprains, 
AC joint sprains come from lack of strengthening the joint. <laughs> That's period. That is why we have AC joint sprains. Let me ask you guys something. How do you have AC joint sprains so often in an NFL where you don't even fucking hit no more like we used to? You're not even banging no more like we used to when you got AC joint sprains. So I'm diving in deep, dog. I got to go right on to the Jason Whitlock show after my show. And I'm talking about this shit to that to, to him too. We don't do, we used to maintain in the weight room, dog, three, four times a week. All these cats are lifting twice a week tops. And they're doing the dumbest workouts I've ever seen. They're doing the Jane Fonda workout. We need football workout. We need fucking bench press, power clean, hang clean. Fucking, if you don't want to squat and stay off the knees, then we need some fucking more power clean or a little bit of, little bit of fucking get in the pool then. Let's get in the pool more. See, everybody don't understand. I put my whole team in the pool every year during the season. We get in the pool. Why, coach? First of all, you're weightless in water. Your body is literally weightless in the water. So guess what it does? It relieves every joint, every bone, every muscle in your body, and it allows you to get fucking healthy a lot quicker. And I used to have my quarterbacks in the pool doing AC joint workouts. We used to do whirlies in the fucking pool. Not only does it strengthen your arm, and then it also works your forearms. It also keeps your legs ready to go. But I'm getting into a whole nother ballgame, dog. I just want to understand why we have so many fucking injuries in the NFL. It is unbelievable. Now, having said that, <sighs> headed on over. Cowboys didn't look very good yesterday. Uh, Eagles looked very good, and that's why I want to make sure we're clear. It's all about what have you done for me lately. All I see is, dog, it, it blows my mind, you fair weather fans. You fair weather fans blow my mind. You're riding Cooper Rush's dick for fucking four weeks. He's 5-0 as a starter, 4-0 as a starter this year. And last night, the same motherfuckers are, are talking shit about the dude. And, and I'm just like, it blows my mind. It blows my mind, dog, that you guys are just now shitting on the kid that got you four wins. Like, it blows my mind. Give the kid some fucking credit for what he's done. Like, you already know you're bringing Dak back. You got to pay the man. So you know you're bringing him back. But you have a hell of a commodity right there with Cooper Rush. And he made some errant throws. We saw the lack of skill. We've been talking about the lack of talent. He doesn't have Dak Prescott talent. But we're it's just further proof. Cooper Rush is further proof that we live in a now world. We live in what have you done for me now business. And the same cats anointing him two weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago, shitting on him today. And like, it, it just, it blows my mind. Man, exercise ball these nuts. Don't give me the gay. I don't want the fucking exercise ball and the fucking gimmick gamut bullshit. Dog, exercise ball. What the fuck's it do for you in football? I mean, I'm curious. Exercise balls, fucking straps and bands. Dog, give me some fucking iron to clank. Give me some explosive drills to use. 
If I do anything plyo-wise, we're fucking box jumping. We're doing fucking ropes. We're battle roping it. We're doing things of that nature. Like, I can show you my weight room if you want to see my fucking weight room. Want to see my weight room? You want to see how I conducted a weight room? You want to see a total asshole? You think I'm an asshole now? Guess how much of an asshole I am in the weight room. I run the weight room as the head coach. If I were to take a job, by the way, if I were to take a job today, I wouldn't have a strength conditioning coach. I would fucking be the strength conditioning coach. Because you know why? Strength conditioning coaches in football are the most overrated, overpaid motherfucker in the fucking business. <laughs> in, in the profession. I'm telling you, dog. Cat, oh, coach, I, my first hire would be a strength conditioning coach. Really? Yeah, coach. When would you hire him? Never. <laughs> I would never hire a strength conditioning coach. It's the biggest fucking waste of time ever. So I'm just telling you, dog, I, I don't fuck with that shit. I think it's the biggest fucking waste of money. They're paying these dudes a million dollars and shit. I'm like, dog, please get the fuck out of here. I wouldn't pay you a, fuck, a square to piss. I wouldn't pay you a square to fucking piss. But that's just me, dog. Um, let's get into it. I'll show you some shit real quick. Um, I want to see arms in action. I painted those ladders on the motherfucker, and they're nice and precise and clean. And you see, we're moving in the weight room. We are moving fast, and I'm motherfucking everybody in there. And we're ripping and running, and I'm moving around, and we're getting the shit going. Because this group is on the ladders. The next group across from us is on the dots, and this is just warm-up. We don't stretch. Does a cheetah stretch to go get him some pussy, motherfucker? Hell no. We don't stretch. We're doing hop boxes and fucking ladders. This is a warm-up at 5 in the morning. This is 5 in the morning. And the coaches better be ripping and running, cussing motherfuckers out, moving around. You'll see some NFL guys in this room, by the way. This is before I even wrapped the weight room up and got it wrapped up. This is when I just built the weight room and got all these things in here. There's 100 dudes in a, in a, in a room 60 by 40, by the way. So... That is why I run the weight room. And you can't hear the yelling and motherfucking right here because I don't know how to get volume on here. But what's going on is this is a warm-up. This is just what we do in the morning. And now we're outside too. That's Tremonda Moore. He was only the number one player in America. Now we're fucking it up. I'm out here just motherfucking him. This is a weight room that I built. This is a, a, a – I built this whole place. So – Look at this guy. He's a freshman. He can't even get his knees up. This is what it's for. You want to see these guys in action. That guy right there only plays in the NFL, by the way, the first guy. These guys fucking this up. So now we want to see. I want coaches to fuck this up. I want coaches getting after their ass. And that's why we want to get this coached up. I want to teach this the right way, right? Better job, better job. That's horrible, right? Now he figured it out. So, and that's nighttime. Dog, I got dudes. We're five in the morning, homie. This is football jail. Juco. And you wonder why Josh Allen goes over and hands a kid a football yesterday. Because he's fucking Juco. That's what it is. He, re he appreciates this shit right here. But what do I know? Let's get out of the dark because you can't see. Now, that's what ladders, that's what dots are for, Joe. This is a hand-eye coordination, feet quickening drill. We'll do jump rope on the same dots as well. And now we're doing different 
on the whistle. We're doing different drills. So I filmed everything, dog, because I want to grade. We're grading this shit today. I'm grading this today with my staff. So we film everything. I got four filmers in this fucking weight room at five in the morning, by the way. This is what we do. Fat motherfuckers walking, I'll motherfuck them. That's why I'm filming this. Not only, guess who I'm motherfucking though? The coaches. I'm motherfucking the coaches if we're not sprinting around in this motherfucker. So that is what people don't get. I don't want no hands on hips. See this guy's hands on his hips right here? He got motherfucked the next day, I guarantee you. Hands on hips right here? Motherfucked. Why? Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. That's things that strength conditioning coaches will not coach. They won't coach this lazy shit. Hands on hip shit. This guy right there played in the NFL. This is year one. This is when I just got the job, by the way. So now I'm teaching shit in the weight room. The spotter better be aware at all times. That's why I don't allow hands on hips. Because you don't know. We may need to do something right fucking now. So get your fucking hands off your hips. So these are just little things, dog, little things that you see in here. But this is a weight room that you can't see fully because I'm just filming these guys on it. Uh, Every coach has a clipboard, by the way. They're grading their guys. And then we'll break it down later on and go over it. This is year one, spring one, dog. That's Delrick Abrams. This guy right here played for the Falcons now, corner, 6'4", corner. This guy right here played for the Seahawks, big Josh Avery. He's been on the show, by the way, Josh Avery. Um, So this is when you get to see him before they made it big. And you don't think they attest this shit right here to being big? Shit. Okay, go ahead and think what you want. But you see everybody's in grays? Why is everybody in gray, coach? Because they got to earn the colors, motherfucker. They're in gray because this is fucking football jail. Get your ass out of gray. Now, that's a shitty job spotting. I want to see the ass on the mat. I want to see his ass on the fucking bench. And I want a guy holding his fucking knees down if that's the case. That's why there's four in a group. We got a spotter, a doer, an auxiliary lifter, and a rester. That is why we do it this way. So, hey, it is what it is, dog. This is what it is. Speedy, probably only fastest player. Played at Texas A&M, started two years at Texas A&M. The guy on the bench press right there, corner, safety. Probably the fastest player, one of the fastest players I've ever coached. Um, See, now I got guys coaching. Now I'm holding your knees down because I want your ass down. I want your heels to explode through the roof. I want your heels to look like they're running. Your heels are keeping your feet planted so you can explode through. And so... That's Calvin Jackson, by the way, who caught three touchdowns in the in 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 in, in uh, for the Jets this offseason in in uh, scrimmage in uh, preseason. That's who that is. This guy with his hands on his hips, he'll get motherfucked. Um, hands on the hips, motherfucked. And by the way, this guy started two years at Washington State. Um, hands on the hips, he'll get motherfucked. That's why I film it because that is what we do. Bruce Helms, shut the fuck up, you soft pussy. Get your bitch ass out of my chat, motherfucker. Get your so- That's why you didn't play Juco, motherfucker. Shut up. It'll cause injuries. Motherfucker, you being soft causes injury. It's called Vagisil, motherfucker. Go take some, bitch. I'm tired of hearing you soft motherfuckers going in my fucking chat. 
Get your bitch ass up out of here, motherfucker. This is for some rough riders in here, motherfucker. You can't handle my shit? Get the fuck out. So anyway, that is what we do on a daily basis in my weight room, in my world, motherfucker. So you do your... Guess what, Bruce? Go start you up a fucking... Your own show. And then show me your resume and what the fuck you've done. And then come back into my show and dick ride me some more. Some of you motherfuckers are unbelievable. You fucking blow my motherfucking mind. Get your bitch asses out of here. He's a troll anyway. We already know Bruce is a troll. He's a fucking epitome of a troll. His name needs to be Bruce Troll. Motherfucker, get your soft bitch ass up out of here. You are epitome of a bitch-made cat, homie. You need to go get you a bitch-made cat shirt. ASAP Rocky, motherfucker. Go get you one. ASAP. Hurry up. You need to be rocking a bitch-made cat shirt in this chat every single day. Motherfucker, please. Motherfucker, he couldn't tell you what hard work was. Bitch-ass cat's been handing his his whole life to him on a platter by his mama and shit. Get your bitch-ass out of here. Uh... I believe Dak will be back, obviously. They have to do it. He's the money guy, so he'll come back. Cooper Rush had a good run. Um, it is what it is. Um, the Giants and Daniel Jones, man, strong campaign, 5-1. and one. I believe Dable's the coach of the year. I believe Daniel Jones is the guy they need for this offense right now based on the fact they cannot protect and they have no receivers. Daniel Jones has limited his his turnovers compared to what he was doing last two years. And he's a guy that's not going to fucking throw for 400 yards, but he's doing enough that Dable, he's he's running the offense. He's running the offense. So that is what he's doing. That is what it is. So, hey, do you. Keep balling. Keep doing your shit. And that's just what it is. So, I think that he's the perfect fit for that offense. And I think Saquon carrying the football 22 times. He only had 83 yards, but he scored a touchdown. All right. The tight end had a touchdown. Um, The receiver, Wandell Robinson, had three catches and a touchdown. And by the way, they're winning with guys that aren't even getting paid. They're winning with guys that aren't even getting paid. So... All the prima donna bullshit Dable's getting rid of. The shitty-ass whiteout they paid $70 million who can't catch a fucking cold because he's a Ben Simmons of football, and he can't fu- I have a mental block. I can't catch a ball. Get your bitch ass out of here, homie. We don't got no time for this fucking mental block bullshit. Get your sorry ass up out of here. You can't catch a fucking hitch. You, they paid him $70 million. I can't even think of his name right now, the receiver. Sorry ass. Lamar Jackson, dog. We're going to get into Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, all these shitty quarterbacks, dog. But what have I been saying? What have I been saying? Kenny Galladay, dog, fucking disappeared because he's horrible. And he's probably a cancer. He's probably a cancer now. Kenny, or Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson was 17 of 32, 200 yards, uh, one touchdown and an interception. Kenyon Drake had 10 carries for 119 and a touchdown. Lamar had eight carries for 80 yards. Okay. Uh, Mark Andrews continues to be Lamar's safety blanket. He had seven for 106 and a touchdown. 
Matt Ryan balled out. He, he, he showed that everything that I've been talking about for the last few years, he, or a few months, he's been, he showed up yesterday. Uh, he threw 58 times and completed 42 of them for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Now that's the Matty Ice that I told you he would be. But for whatever reason, the team struggled. Last night, coming back down 14 to Jacksonville, getting the win. I got an interesting take, though. Deion Jackson had 12 carries, 42 yards. Michael Pittman had 13 catches for 134 yards. 13 catches. Um, what happened to Taylor in the running game? What happened to this guy that everyone thought was going to be the, the MVP? And where has he been? Are they hiding an injury? Because it looks like that, dog. Taylor ain't the same. I don't care how bad their O-line is. Derrick Henry every year looks the same. Derrick Henry looks the same. I don't care how bad their O-line is in Tennessee. But every year, Derrick Henry looks the same. Taylor don't look the same, dog. Taylor don't look the same right now for the Colts. On the other side, Travis Etienne had 10 carries for 90 yards. Christian Kirk had the only receiving touchdown for the Jags. And uh, I can't say Trevor Lawrence is a bust, dog, because, you again, then we should have said Daniel Jones is a bust three years ago. Because the bottom line is, how do you judge a guy who's a rookie who gets thrown into the, to the fire and let's just let him go to the Wolves and expect him to win under an Urban Meyer shitty coach franchise, Jacksonville Jags, last year as a rookie. This year he has Pat Peterson, who's a much better coach for the NFL and quarterback guy. Tre uh, Trevor looked better this year. The team looked better this year. They've hit a wall here the last few, few weeks. But expected. That's expected. They're still a shitty organization. Um. I can't say he's a bust, dog. It's hard to throw these guys at these shitty organizations. Daniel Jones was led to a shitty... Sam Darnold was led into a shitty organization with the Jets. He was led to a shitty organization with the Jets. So, like, he can't... He's not a bust. But at the same time... You know, it's, 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 uh, it's tough, man, to put... When, you, when you're with these shitty organizations, it's very tough. It's very, very tough. So that's just how, what I feel. Uh, I can't say he's a bust yet. Bailey Zappi looks very impressive, dog. Is Mac Jones in trouble? That is the question I have. Is Mac Jones going to – is he going to be back? Is he going to be back? He's not a guy they paid a lot of money to. So Zappi could be the guy that takes over. Belichick's done it before. Me and Matt and Zach talked about it in the first hour of the show. He's done it before, so I don't know. I don't know if – I don't know, dog. I don't know if this is the guy. We haven't seen enough of him yet. I'm not going to anoint him like all the dick riders do and say he's the next best thing. See, that's, how, that's what the problem is, dog. That is why social media has allowed you to talk and not get socked in the mouth, like Mike Tyson said. 
And it also has allowed you to set these cats up for failure. Monumental failure. You guys anointed the Patrick Mahomes. By the way, late in the game, when the game gets tight, what have I always said Patrick Mahomes does? His asshole puckers, he looks shitty. He looked shitty last night in the fourth quarter, by the way. But what do I know? Because, again, you can't throw lateral fucking screen balls and shovel passes in the game late when you need to come down and score and win the game. Where does he struggle? In the teeth of the defense. What does Coach JB know? He only says that Mahomes is a gimmick guy that only throws laterally. When it comes to the crunch time, he can't throw in the teeth of the defense. And guess what happened last night? Throws a pick. What happened against the Bengals last year? Threw a couple picks late in the game defensively. When you have to throw in the teeth of the defense, you struggle. But guess what? Y'all did that. You all set that up for failure because on social media, you thought he was the best fucking thing ever. Just like you've done to Josh Allen. Just like you've done with Lamar Jackson. Just like you've done with Kyler fucking Murray. Just like you've done with fucking all these guys. And guess what? When they're shitty, at the end of the day, you all now blast them on social media that they're shitty. You're the same motherfuckers anointing them as the GOAT two, three, four years ago. That's what social media has made made you motherfuckers. It's created so many cowards that you can say one thing and have no receipts to show that you either didn't say it or said it. I have a show. You can go back and watch any of my shows where I've literally said, and I stand by my guns. That's a motherfucking truth. I'll never change and waver. Whatever I say, I say. I don't apologize for shit unless it's in the moment. I'm standing by what I say about Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. I got to see Josh Allen's freak-ass fucking freakish nature. Alien. He's an alien. Juco guy, by the way. So is fucking Aaron Rodgers, two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. Juco guys. And you know what? Josh Allen's a freak, dog, an alien, hurtling dudes, gunning comebacks in the end zone from 50 yards opposite hash. All that shit is fine and dandy, dog. We've we've seen these guys before. Not to an athletic extent as Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers, arm strength-wise, is, is equal or better than Josh Allen. He's more accurate than Josh Allen. He's, he's won a Super Bowl so far. Josh is still young and trying to get there. But we've seen it before. Where is Aaron Rodgers now? He's in the same boat as Matthew fucking Stafford. What's the difference if you talk about winning football games? We're talking about winning football games. What's he done? No, I don't stop with the Kyler slander. Is it slander? Is it slander, Daniel Alvarado? Dick Ryder? Or is it the truth? Maybe you don't understand the difference between the truth and slander. When have I slandered Kyler Murray? When have I slandered Lamar Jackson? When have I slandered Patrick Mahomes? I think I just tell you the truth because I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Daniel Alvarado, how about you send over your resume, motherfucker, and stop being a fucking bitch-made troll And how about you show us your resume since I slander your fucking fanboy fucking Kyler Murray? Because you obviously got Kyler Murray's balls in your jaws playing Fortnite every night. 
with each other's fucking controllers, motherfucker. I don't know which controllers you're playing with. His dick controller or his fucking Fortnite one. You dick riders are all the same. Have no receipts, have no resume to combat anything you say on my show. But I only bring you factual evidence and show you film of it. I break it down. I break down all the fucking numbers. I break down every single possibility. I've only coached fucking 28 NFL players. But what do I know, homie? You know so much more than me. I've only had three NFL quarterbacks. I only played at the highest level myself, even though it was a fucking practice squad guy. So what? Did you make it further? (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Can't beat the morning show, dog. Can't beat the morning show, dog. Bruce Helms, you still here, homie? God damn, you're a dick rider. You are a fucking dick rider, bruh. How about I just block Bruce Helms? I don't like Bruce Helms. I think he's a dick riding troll and he's just here every morning. You know what? I won't block you, Bruce. I won't block you. You need to become a member, though, by the end of the week, dog, or I'm blocking you. I'm going to tell you right now because you're a dick rider. And you say dumb shit for clicks because you like you need clout. You are the guy that needs clout. You're the epitome, Chuck Norris looking motherfucker. You need clout to stay alive and relevant in your world. You need that in your life. You need that in your life. You have to stay relevant by trolling folks so they talk to you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, cats can't handle the truth, though, Coco JT. Cats cannot handle the truth. They think that when you tell the truth, it is a direct stab at someone. And it's like, you act like I'm out here attacking Kyler Murray's character. No. I said I think he's a shitbird teammate. I think nobody wants to really play with him because I have insight that you don't. And I think that he's not a professional. And I think it's clear. I think he's trying to get Kingsbury fired at this point. I think it's unbelievable. And... It is what it is. So, yeah, it is hard to predict the future French toast, man. And that's why I think I've completely been correct on most of the things I say about quarterback play in these teams. And I agree with you. It's because experience has led me to think these ways and predict these things. Am I 100% right every day? No. Is anyone? No. But I haven't been wrong yet with a quarterback prediction. 22 years. 22 years doing it. Haven't been wrong yet, though. That is why I stand by my Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, all these different people. And I said, but Josh Allen's a freak. No question, dog. So is Lamar. So is Kyler. So is Josh Allen. So is fucking Mahomes. That doesn't make them the greatest quarterbacks. There's an athlete playing quarterback, and then there's a quarterback that's an athlete. <laughs> make sure you're clear. Because Noel Mazzoni said it on my show Friday. What does he know? He only was OC in the NFL, been an OC at Auburn, NC State, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, Texas A&M, USFL. What does he know? (laughs) It blows my mind that motherfuckers were telling Noel in my show he don't know what he's talking about. 
I'm just like, holy fucks, the audacity on some people. I got secondhand embarrassment for you, dog. I get secondhand embarrassment for some of you on what you say. Hey, let me ask you guys something, though, real quick. Seriously, please raise your hand if you can tell me if I'm correct or not. On this very show, even though I did say Denver and the Colts were going to play, I'll eat, I'll eat crow, dog, at the end of the year. I think Denver's winning tonight. I think Russell Wilson's getting his shit together. I think Denver's going to look better tonight. That's my prediction. I could be totally wrong. I think the Colts are going to have to make a turn for the better. They showed me something yesterday, but they did show me something against the Chiefs, and they took a step back the next week. So can they continue to build this? We'll see. I think both teams have all the tools. Defense travels. Run game travels. I think both of those teams still have a shot. So I'm going to stick to my guns. But please raise your hand if I did not say that the Bucs were going to struggle and Tom Brady would struggle this year. Please, anyone in here, let me know. Did I not say that? Did I not say the Bucs were going to struggle this year and Tom Brady would struggle this year? Please, let me know. What do I know, dog? I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear this one. Because I know for a fucking motherfucking fact I've said it on this show several fucking times. Several times I've said it. And look what they're doing. They look bad. They look like Tom Brady looks half bought in. A. The team's struggling because I told you. You don't have Bruce Arians anymore. And what did I tell you motherfuckers on this show? Bruce Arians would motherfuck Tom Brady. Have you seen Bowles motherfuck Tom Brady yet? Have you seen anyone else talk shit to Tom Brady? Or have you seen Tom Brady talking shit to everybody else? What do I know, dog? You have an inexperienced head coach with a loaded roster. But if you have a tyrant at quarterback that is 20 fucking plus years in the business and you can't control that motherfucker's narrative, Good luck. And I see it imploding in front of our very eyes. And don't trip if the Falcons don't come out of that division as the champ. I'm just telling you, dog. I'm just telling you. Guess what happens to defense, Brian Martinez? Defense starts to start losing focus and faith in your offense when you're three and out. And when you're on the field a lot more, when you're on the field a lot more, you start to lose focus and faith, and you start to bitch and moan. You start to bicker. And then guess what? Your defense isn't as good. And your defense isn't as good. So I don't know, dog. We're going to see. We're going to see. Uh, is the weirdo fucking Miami the guy we thought he was? The weirdo fucking coach, the guy that I said he was? It's starting to look like it, dog. What do I know? It's starting to look like the motherfucker's losing the locker room. Brian Dable's the coach of the year right now, dog. What do you mean? Everyone's going to say it's it's uh, Sirianni, right? They're undefeated. Sirianni won last year. He did a hell of a job last year. Sirianni, coach of the year last year. This year, Brian Dable's doing what Sirianni did times two. Brian Dable's got to be the coach of the year right now. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen at the end of the year. But right now, I would say Sirianni's the coach of the year. 
Um, and then you got to look at a couple other guys that are doing decent. Arthur Smith's doing a hell of a job in Atlanta, by the way. I think he's doing a hell of a job in Atlanta. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's someone to look at. Um, I told you guys, dog, Saints are going to struggle. What are they doing? Defensive-minded coach, controlling offensive objectives. You're going to have failure. You're going to have failure. And the Miami coach now is starting to look like the weirdo fuck he is. You have no quarterback. You're struggling. Team is not going to – they're going to fucking start looking at you as a weirdo fuck here shortly. And boom, he's done. So I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. The Eagles are not going to go undefeated, Aaron Easy. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They're not going undefeated. I don't think anyone's going undefeated anymore in this day and age. Not in this day and age. So – I tell, I told you Heineke should be the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they just told Carson Wentz to say you're injured, dog, and that's how we're going to fucking bench your ass. That I would not be surprised about. I've seen it happen in the league. I understand how it happens. It always happens and goes down that way. I would not be surprised. I told you Heineke's the energy plug they need. Heineke's going to ball out. Heineke's going to be the guy. Watch what happens. Um Jacoby Brissett, 21 of 45, shitty game, 266, a touchdown, two picks. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for 16 carries, 68 yards. The Cleveland Browns are in turmoil. They are at, a, at, at the precipice of either imploding or exploding, and that is what's going to happen right now as far as what happens with Deshaun Watson and another civil claim. It blows my mind, though. Does he just keep paying off civil claims and then everyone's turning their blind eye and saying it's cool? Like, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious on that. Um, listen, man, this is the new show. This is the Coach AB show. We're three hours in the morning. I had a guest on. I had Matt on. Matt will be on for an hour. We'll talk football. Zach will be on on every Monday. Uh, I'll have guests during the week in the morning. Tomorrow, Liv Moods joins us to talk all things betting. So Live Moods, Beautiful Self, will join us tomorrow morning uh, in the second hour of the show. Um, we'll break down all things betting in the Thursday night football game. Her picks were actually very, very spot on. We'll still have uh, Brandon Lang interviews. Um, if he can't join us in the morning, he'll, he'll his interview will come later on, and then I'll post it, uh, and I'll share it in the morning shows the next day. So that's how we'll kind of do that. And then uh, – we got a lot of things in the works, man. We're building this thing up, so I appreciate it. Uh, Lucy, appreciate you. Uh, yeah, go get you some. CoachJBStore.com. Uh, we got all the hoodies, all the gear. Uh, Matt, Matt McChesney's gear will be on our website as well, on CoachJBStore.com as well. So, And then, like I said, in the afternoons, I will be doing uh, interviews that will be for members only. can watch them, but I'll also be airing it later on for everyone else. Um, that, for the for the for the guests that cannot come on in the morning that we get, they'll be on the afternoon show. But the afternoon show is no more. There won't be one today. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, uh, we have the uh, we have the uh, the great Raider uh, fan, the number one fan for the Raiders. Um, he'll be joining us tomorrow. Um, I don't know if he's coming painted up, geared up, all that or not. But he'll be joining us tomorrow, and uh, we'll have that. And uh, I got a lot of a lot of a lot of big guests. We got Achilles Smith and Willie Anderson this week. 
Uh, still working on Dan Orlovsky. He's totally in on it. He just has to make schedule for us. Um, love to talk to Dan, uh, all quarterback stuff. And then uh, I'll be on Jason Whitlock's show in about an hour. He'll post it later on this afternoon. I'm on there every Monday. And uh, there's so much more, man. We have a sh whole show written out already, so we'll save a lot of this for tomorrow morning. Um, and like I said, you'll get a notification. So turn your notifications on. Uh, we'll, you'll get a notification. Um, and uh, your notification will, will, will let you know that I'll be on in the afternoon for the members. Uh, it'll be members only in the afternoon. And, uh, and you know. That's what it is. Yeah, I couldn't do six hours a day, man, no more. I'm losing out on my whiskey and my cigar. Uh, I, I can't. I couldn't meet. I couldn't brand it. I couldn't market it. So, so I'm working on a uh, a whole new thing. We'll be announcing it tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll announce it right now, real quick. Before slapdick whiskey is no more. We sold out, and I'm changing the direction of the label and the brand. So I'll be changing the brand name, and I got a new distillery. All right, I got a new distillery for it. A much, much, much uh, bigger one. Let me say that. It is a bigger, bigger one. And so I'm going to get that. We'll see that going. And uh, you'll see a new, I'm doing a, a bourbon, scotch, and a moonshine. That is all in the works. I have not let anyone know that yet. Um, yeah, there is some in the stores like Na Knoxville and Nashville. They have it in the stores. Oklahoma has it in the stores. Um, they're in the stores in the states they're in, but we were going to be national here when I get with this new company and we're already in the works of that. That is something I've been working on in the shadows, but the problem is I just haven't been able to put a lot of time to it because it's two shows a day takes a lot of space and, and it, and, and, and quantity is not better, not necessarily good quality. So I want the quality to be better. So I think this morning show is going to be the better quality show. Uh, look, we had 500 people in here this morning. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow with another great show. And uh, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. And drop your thoughts, comments in the show afterwards, man. Let me know what I can do to improve the show. If you guys want to see something, let me know. Uh, I will be doing a Contrary to Belief again. I'm going to be adding that in there. And today's Contrary to Belief was The Truth Hurts. Get over it. That's contrary to belief. The truth fucking hurts. Get over that shit, man. I appreciate you guys, man. And uh, remember, man, never allow waiting to become a habit. Never allow waiting to become a habit. Uh, Chase Daniel Davis, you got to go Google that, brother. I hope you're a member. There's 500 members right now, so they all figured it out. I'm sure you could do it, dog. I'm sure you could do it. Hey, I appreciate all you guys, man. And uh, like I said, hey, go enjoy the Pat McAfee show now or whatever else you do in the day. And we'll be the precursor to all things every single day right here on the Coach JB Store. Our show brought to you by Fight Camp, Roman, ro.co slash Coach JB. Appreciate all you guys, man. Much love to you. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.